Hello everyone and Hello. welcome to RPG Shout over my intro. God damn it. Welcome to the RPG Geeks where we do Dungeons and Dragons and Science set in the sci-fi world of Braxigantu. The four of us are science communicators who really love playing D&D and talking about the science behind the sci-fi concepts that come up in the game. That's what we're going to be doing in a sec, but first, let's introduce ourselves. My name's Shamini Bandel. <laughs> I'm a science video producer, um, and I love uh, tabletop role-playing games. Simon. Hello, my name's Simon. Uh, I, I use Hikin pronouns, and I make video things. Sometimes they're live, sometimes they're not. And I also do talking things on stage, including where I'm going to be talking soon on a stage with Emily Bates. Hello, that's right. New Scientist Live. Come check us out at London XL. XL London. I'm Emily Bates. I'm Do the whole thing again. No. We've made a message. Repeat. <laughs> I usually have pronouns that I'm also in the RP gigs. Ali Jennings. I also, no, I, I use he, him pronouns. And my name's Ali Jennings. And... <laughs> I am a science video maker and I sort of write copy and all that stuff and I, that's about it, I'm the the DM. Um, And most importantly, it's now my absolute pleasure to segue smoothly (laughs) into... Oh, professional. Oh, so professional. So So professional. I could barely speak, I'm smiling so so (laughs) smug. Um, to the D and D brief, a little part of D and D. What we did there? D and brief, D and D and brief. That's my that's my theme tune. A D D D A D D D D D D D D D D D D D D D D D D D D D D D my mind is no, just I... completely checked out after that last interaction <laughs> a little ghost of my brain has just gone <laughs> you can stay but i'm leaving time, everyone we're having a lovely time i am glad you asked me that bit because this is a good this is a good one this is like Exciting. so what i thought is for my dnd briefs what i want to talk about is like fundamental science that underpins the universe that we're in and which makes it the way that it is. So like some choices that had to be made in this sci-fi universe. In the world uh, building. When exactly, you're done some it's world so much world building. building. I love it so love much. It. Oh, it's like a whole <laughs> cupboards full of worlds I've created and so we've been hanging from- Cupboards of worlds. <laughs> It's very glad. Oh, oh, so, oh god, Jupiter just but... falls out. It's like when he shut the cupboard. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're like, oh, <laughs> falls out all these moons. Hope the gravity wells keep all that in there. <laughs> like, so, no. um, nice. And uh, I'm reading my notes. I literally just read what, what I know is what I was about to read. <laughs> what bit of world building are we talking about, Ali? What key fact feature of this yeah. universe is relevant to today's Thank topic? You. So the crucial fact about this, right, when obviously when you're building a sci-fi world, like the massive thing is, can you travel faster than light? Therefore making like interplanetary hopping a sort of ah, boing, we're there, you know, we're zooming all over the place. And crucially in this universe, you cannot travel faster than light, right? Which basically affects everything because it takes hundreds and hundreds of years, centuries to get any between any sort of different systems, uh, fundamentally changes the way that you might do trade, do war, do culture, everything. Um, so, and it, you know, changes, well, it just makes things very, very kind of like spicy when it comes to, you know, 
it's a huge limit. Kind of it's a huge limitation, which is why so many sci-fi universes consciously mm. ignore it. They just and they'll, and they'll they just come go, no, up no. with some. If but it's I was always different. World, I'd just be like, yeah, it's, it's fine. You can go fast. Because like in Star Trek, it's, it's, it's subspace that they go through in the warp. In high, in Star Wars, it's hyperspace particles that mean they can travel faster than light. In Warhammer, they literally just take a shortcut through hell. Nice. Um, Stargate, it's just like Why can't we just do that? That's scientific. You don't want to do that. I, I, I have so many books behind me on why that is a bad idea. <laughs> so, right. But before uh, I sort of get into how you would otherwise travel if you couldn't travel faster than light, let's just, you've got to first ask the question, right? Could you ever travel faster than oh. light? No. Right. <laughs> let me. Settled. Pull you right up there, Emily Bates. Okay. Theoretically, you could travel <gasps> faster than light. He what? said, hitting the mic and <laughs> so enthused. So can you travel faster than light? Theoretically, yes. If you can expand space behind you Stop it. and compress the space in front of you, right? So if you imagine every all oh. YouTube listeners, look at my fingers. Everyone else, just imagine my I'm fingers. Call you YouTube so, watchers. <laughs> readers. All YouTube readers, readers look YouTube. at his fingers. Readers of <laughs> this one's for you. So you can imagine it, right? If you are the space between my two thumbs, if you expand the space behind Very you and contract space the space in front of you, thumbs. you move in space without actually moving over the space that you're in. Does that uh, make sense? Uh, like, so what like, Ali is doing is like pincering, pincering one finger and thumb and expanding the other one, but the space between make his it a thumbs and everybody can are learn. like the same. Yeah. We'll give this. It's, and that's... So the, that is called the Alcubierre drive. Alcubierre. Alcubierre. It is a uh, Simon. It's a, it's a very famous like postulation as to how you could travel at warp speed, um, and theoretically it works. The only problem is that with that mass, you would require absolutely vast quantities of mass to bend the space around you, um, and that really mass relevant. ends up being. Because the entire mass, mass mass can bend space like which is why a black hole is gravity like going in yeah indeedy there's some stuff about negative energy in there as well but, like but i don't really okay, want to okay. okay simon's touching his face a lot and i feel like he wants to jump in i'm just going to hit you with this fact <laughs> and then i'm going to i'm going to step out the stage right so according to the calculations like alcubierre's calculations if you wanted to transport something 100 meters wide you would need the mass of the entire visible universe wow what? So for how far? 120 meters. No, no, not like transport something 120 meters. If you wanted, <laughs> I was like, something... it's not worth it, really. <laughs> to, yeah, it's, it's, it feels that. like it's not really worth it. <laughs> that feels like that feels like overkill, doesn't it? You could just walk it, really, couldn't you? Oh yeah, God, walk, guys. <laughs> it'll take you know if I run quickly, it'll take like 20 seconds max, you know. <laughs> or if you wanted, <laughs> sorry, what was the exact if you number? Something. Said? If you wanted something a hundred, if you wanted to transport something a hundred meters long, faster than the speed oh, of light, oh, the thing is a hundred meters need... long. Got it. Yeah, yeah, because it's because you're effectively you're creating an island of space time that right. you're then moving. So, like the analogy I like is it's like peristalsis. It's like how okay. you swallow in yeah, that you muscles. create an area of high pressure behind your whatever it is you swallow, like a ball of food. High pressure behind it and low pressure in front of it, yeah. which pushes the thing forward. So th there's a distinction to be made from a physics perspective here that it is not the object that is traveling faster than the speed of light because that is something that is just inviolable, inviolable cannot happen. Right. But there is nothing that says that an area of space time 
the, the 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 fabric of the universe itself that can't move superluminally. Okay, but then is that not an object? Um, it's 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 basically the difference between a field and an object that inhabits that field. Okay, like, they're, they're mathematically, like a bed sheet and a football on the bed sheet. I get helpful. That. Yeah. I do know. I do I get don't... that, but the the bed sheet is still moving. Um, but the bedsheet is just a representation of basically it's I geometry. Love that analogy, but the bedsheet is not bound by the laws of space and time. Only the football is. So yeah, because the bedsheet is the laws of space and time. Is because it is the laws of space and helpful. time. <laughs> it can be different to the laws of space and time, and therefore move things faster than the speed of light within the bedsheet. Uh, it's more like um, <laughs> it's basically like <laughs> saying. That there is a speed limit on the bed sheet <laughs> and things roll around based speed on... Speed limit on my bed. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. I believe it's single occupancy only. Okay. What, Simon? <laughs> There's a speed okay. limit. <laughs> there is a speed limit. That's going to get clipped. Um, of, of how fast something can move on the bed sheet. There is no limit to how quickly the... Um, the bed how, how like as in how rapidly the bed sheet can change height so you can make it so that there's a really big shift in the height of the bed sheet and then something will plummet through it but because it's just following the contours it's not violating that speed limit very bad example of it but... makes perfect no i but i, 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 do, I do i do yes, yeah, i'm just giggling but... the other thing that, that to mention is that um when mass we say that mass interacts with space time it, the, and the classic analogy is that it, it like you have a rubber sheet or a bed sheet and it bends it downwards that's because if you have positive um, energy density, it curves space-time in that direction. The The key thing about the Alcubierre drive, based on our current understanding, is that in order to make it work, you have to have negative energy density, which is a, to say having something that has a negative amount of mass to bend the space-time in the other direction. So there's like various sort of proposals for exotic forms of matter, and there's a connection to dark matter, I believe. Like th This is a lot of the things where like, You'll negative find... mass. Yeah, which is obviously why people say, well, it's impossible. Is antimatter are... negative mass? Good question. Anti. If there was um, a particle for mass, yeah. right? Oh. I... So oh, yeah. this was something I did a video That's about a little while ago. I, I went to CERN and they have an antimatter factory where they just produce tiny, tiny quantities of antimatter regularly. That's very And cool. one of the pieces of research they were doing was, does antimatter fall down or up? What? Because... We don't awesome. really know. Oh wait, so it doesn't necessarily obey gravity oh, because there's, it's antimatter, so there's no mass to it, so it wouldn't. Well, no, there is mass, but everything else is the opposite side. Like the electric mass? charge is the opposite sign. Like the color oh. is the, all that kind of stuff. So like there is the possibility. We don't have the data on it. There is the possibility that it could just actually fall in the other direction. Am I right that there is now they found like a quantum particle that's like gravity? Like a gravitron or something. Uh, so the graviton is a hypothetical Tom. messenger it's particle. Hypothetical. So in the same way that the photon is the messenger particle of the electromagnetic force, yeah, the graviton is the messenger particle of um of the gravitational. And they force. haven't found. I thought they'd found it. I don't know why. Not as that. far as I understand it. No, because that would be if you, if you found a graviton. That's a massive deal. Isn't it? It, it would be like quantum gravity confirmed. Everything. It was is probably good. Some does a photon. Hyper does a photon ridiculous literally hyper. exist? Because of mm. like quantum and split. Yeah, photo it's a messenger particle of the electromagnetic field, which is to say it's an amount of energy transferred in that manner, right? But it's not an actual it, particle, it's a wave, does right? Does it exist? Yeah, like 
I don't want to say is lighter wave or a particle, but like, <laughs> but that's, that's, fine. Wave. <laughs> that's, that's, that's fine. It's, it's something that can be observed because it can interact with something in the same way that like a but graviton is it a can. Yeah. yeah, it's a thing. <laughs> it's no, a, it is a thing. It's like okay. A so you could, you, I could hold a photon. <laughs> no, because it has to move at the speed of light. If I could move at the speed Where of light, I could around? hold a photon. Well, this is like getting dangerously close to an Einstein thought experiment of if oh, you were to travel at the speed of light and, you're holding and turn a light. on a torch and then turn oh, it on, yeah. would you see the light? Go Great out line in Matilda. Matilda! Musical. Yeah. <sighs> Been singing that today. So yeah. good. Everyone go see. Everyone be quiet a second. So <laughs> basically, um, yeah, it go is a thing. <laughs> it's, a, it's the best thing I've ever seen on the West End. It's so good. It's so good. I've seen it many times because you used to be able also... to get five pound tickets when you were a student. There you go. Moving on. Sorry. There's an in, there's an interesting. Um, Oh, I've got to try and get this right now. Uh, basically, like the electromagnetic force and gravity are both inverse square laws. So if you get two times further away from an electric charge, yeah. the amount of force that you experience drops by a factor of four, two squared. Okay. Equally, if you're twice as far away from a planet, the amount of gravitational force you experience drops by a factor of four. And they're, all, they're also both, well, <laughs> The, it, gravity we think is only in one direction whereas obviously uh, electromagnetic force could be a push or a pull depending okay. on the, the charges involved but then is um, there anti-gravity well so that's the thing if you flipped the sign of the gravitational mass of something yeah. then potentially you could make it like an electromagnetic force but there is an interesting thing from that you get from quantum field theory which explains why they're they're both inverse square laws because there's nothing to say like a priori that they should both be and it's basically due to the um <laughs> it's it's due to how many pieces of information you need to describe a photon and number of pieces of information you need to describe a graviton with with a because uh, a photon is a uh, oh gosh what's the word it's basically a vector whereas another force that uh like the weak electromagnetic force is a matrix so it's like rank two and then the graviton would be a rank three tensor and basically rank? because what, they're both these ranks come from what's happening what are it's these it's trying to just oh god this is not appropriate for something where i don't no, have a whiteboard is, this is so interesting what i'm trying to get out here is there is a there is a very cool <laughs> reason for why they are both inverse square laws and it's to do with how you mathematically describe their messenger particles and the number of dimensions that you need to describe them and if it's an odd number of dimensions it turns out it's a inverse square law that was incredible i do un not understand but like amazing <laughs> to, to listen to, to the point it felt though. good though yeah it bring it back around. Really enjoyed it. if you can have negative anti-gravity then you can bend space time in the other direction which is what you need to build an alcubierre drive because you need to why did it have to be bent in that direction uh, the whole system. it's got to be right yes and the key thing is, by doing that, you're not creating an object that is traveling faster than the speed so of light. So we can we can travel faster than the speed of light, Ali. That's what you said. Great. We've sold everyone. <laughs> yes. End of D&D. &D not say. in my you universe, you can't. <laughs> I want Why not, to do tree stride, Ali. <laughs> yeah, teleportation spells. Because we. So our thing, for the, if anyone is oh, yeah. new, is we have to be able to explain all of our spells using science. Yeah. And teleportation like just breaks the rules. I've got something like for Mr. you. Step, I've got you. I'm not there yet. I haven't got it yet. Yeah. I've got stuff. The thing for you, you suggested to me was just a very interesting and awful and gross. Suggestion. And really horrible. May I got more not. of this. Come on. Okay, but look, okay, right. So, let's say okay, fine. So can we travel faster than light? Yes. Bum. Right. But in this universe, <laughs> no. Alice says no. 
It's a Although big it's fun. theoretically possible, it's yet to be done. Maybe oh, it is being fair. done somewhere, but not that you know of. Oh, Alliance no. scientists Let's are working on it as we speak. So I can Alliance teleportation spells. <laughs> so here's the question. How else would you travel those colossal distances if you couldn't travel faster than light? Right. Frozen in carbonite. Because we are doing, you know, we do have like all these planetary systems that we are saying descended from Earth, basically. So we are saying that the human race has done interstellar travel at this point. Yeah. I mean, we've spoken yes, about Earth before. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. What is carbonite, what and can I be frozen you... in it? You definitely said Infinity had something to do with Earth in her databanks. Maybe. I thought. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, like I want to say, just to answer that question, shall we? <laughs> it doesn't okay, have to fine. be. Not anymore. It doesn't have to be. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, Earth is. It's you know, it's sort of legendary, right? Yeah, Rather yeah, than... yeah, yeah, yeah. It's sort of yeah. You know, it is known about. Like, okay, know, everybody came from a either planet. way. They've travelled the great distances. Yeah, over is the stars. alliance mm. based in our star system? No, it's in our, our galaxy. Star system? But it's, it's, not in our, it's not the solar system. It's in our galaxy. No, yes, oh no. Uh, so alliance. The alliance is spread across multiple different star systems. Yeah. So interstellar travel. Solar exists. systems. Yeah. yeah. So interstellar yeah. travel has to have existed. Yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah. how would you travel those distances? Really slowly. Carbonite. Very, very slowly. And if you think about it, this is hundreds of trillions of miles. If that. I mean. How many years? Just hundreds of years. Distances. That's so. If one light year is six trillion miles or nine trillion kilometers. Okay, for our like EU listeners, um, <laughs> and right. can you give me that in hogsheads? Can we just do it in all, or like you know? <laughs> yeah, how many? Well, all of our is conservative that, listeners. How long is that? <laughs> yeah. Um. So, uh, yeah. So many, so, uh, what yeah. Pro- Proxima Centauri is four point two light years away, I think. Um. Yeah. Yeah. So Sounds that right. and that is the closest star to our yeah. our star. So yeah. you know we're talking. Tens of trillions of miles at minimum. If you could, yeah. if there was even anywhere habitable, habitable in Proxima Centauri, which there isn't. So, how do you travel this distance? The thing is, you can't do it conventionally as we would by just bunging a load of fossil fuels in a rocket, because the amount of, or you could, but it would be incredibly slow, sure. because there's oh. no way that you could reach the speeds required with uh-huh. that much fuel because the faster you go the heavier you get and the amount of yeah. fuel you need is more and then it just keeps going on like that um so what do you do mm-hmm. and i don't know i don't know or just or you do know. <laughs> no i don't know is that, don't is that know, a hand up at the back no emily. i just i just went i don't know and now you're telling me to say and i just don't I'm know so glad you emily, come up with a solution <clears throat> i think you just have to make a really big spacecraft and you have to have loads of people on it that are all going to have babies and just have generations and it just becomes a world. Yeah. The generation ship. Tra- Travelling, yeah. Jim Davidson's generation ship. Yeah. Oh, oh, God, no one get on that. Right, <laughs> like, no. What? A cuddly toy. Oh, just Google Jim Davidson. and oh. um, right, The generation so... game was great. Yeah. I enjoyed yeah, that show. It was great. It was. Oh, I was getting him confused with A Jim cuddly Henson. toy. What were the other ones? A cuddly toy. The other famous ones that were always on the conveyor belt. Was it washer and dryer? Was that washer and dryer? I just I remember. Sorry, we're a cuddly toy. This is a this is <laughs> a British TV show. Back back back. Can I use can I use lasers to propel me somehow? Shana Thundell. Yes. I feel like you've you've made a video on this maybe or something similar. <laughs> um, I have because I have no memory of this. <laughs> okay, that's good because I've only got a few facts. Okay. Um, <laughs> right. So no. But, so the. One of the ways that you can do it is a, a light sail. 
Tell and a light sail is basically just a massive mirror. So you shoot your spaceship up into orbit, you unfurl this huge mirror, and basically when a photon hits the mirror, they are particles of light, to get back to our previous conversation, they have momentum. Mm. So if you put out a massive reflective surface, they hit it, they bounce off, they transfer momentum, and that pushes the sail forward. Interesting but, side point. They have question. momentum, but they have no mass, because question. this is when we need to think about relativistic momentum. Question. Hi. If you're doing interstellar travel, you are leaving like solar wind territory where there's like lots of light. Oh, no. So like when you're in between that's stars, cute. that's going to be like virtually impossible, right? You're so clever, Emily Bates. So um, smart. You're so smart. smart. You're absolutely right. The sun doesn't provide enough energy to shoot you out of the solar system to your uh, wherever you're headed. Lazy. Right? So, yes. Lazy sun. Can I just... Sorry, can I just confirm that the problem that we have is getting up to speed? Because once you're at speed, there's not going to be much slowing you down. So all you have to do is get up to speed initially, and then you just sail, you just float without you know any friction or wind resistance to your That's destination. That's correct. But the further you get from the sun because of the inverse square law, yeah. you're massively dropping off in the amount of energy. So yeah. even so you if you're accelerating movement, you're losing yeah. drive. Yeah. Okay. Um. So okay, that's that where you can't do any like whip round like they do the whip round of Jupiter to like slingshot. <gasps> oh yeah, stuff like them that. things. What well, I called? suppose you could like tack your way around the solar system if you like <laughs> angled it. You could go into oh, like what? An, you mean just sort of like, the opposite like... of a decaying orbit, and you just like gradually uh... spiral further and further out. Like oh, you could you could accumulate more energy building that up because that's, that's what they do with the Hohmann transfer, Hoffman transfer to get to uh, Mars. Hohmann transfer. Yeah, oh, I think that's, but I that's think that's a right. gravitational thing rather than yeah, they do know, like a loop of Earth and the then they go. Wee. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. But, okay. So let's say you don't want to spend, I don't know, like two hundred years just circling the sun trying to get I've got things to do. Um, yeah. Instead, you build a massive laser on Earth yes! and then you <laughs> aim it at the sail and that's you just. Cool. <laughs> it's dope, isn't wait. it? Wait, and you hope no space whales just happen to like cross across the path of the laser. Space whales. You're just hoping. So it's just one mass. Like you just do it for like how like an hour One or blast, like or? just every time it goes past that bit of earth in its rotation you fire off that the laser again that is a top again. question and not one that I know the answer because if the to. earth's all rotating and there's something you not, in orbit. you probably have to move it yeah Yeah, but if you put it in orbit or then it's not going to go anywhere orbit. is it the space laser no the, 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 the ship because if it goes into orbit and you're f that's fine for a bit right but then at some and point you, you have to, to let really... it go because yeah. otherwise it's going to just get into a big orbit and eventually it'll hit the sun and then go into the sun firing it or the moon. You're not, you're not firing it into orbit. You're just firing it directly at wherever it needs to go. But the Earth's spinning. Sure, but then the Earth turns, so your laser doesn't point at it anymore. So yeah. then the laser's over there. You move the laser. You aim direction. the laser. Yeah, to a yeah, limited amount. Yeah, and then it's, at some it's point, night it's time, there, and, and then the Earth's like, <laughs> oh, it's gone. Yeah. But you're not, not going to be able to do again, it, it constantly. That's my question. So you just wait to every time it aligns with the laser and you fire it again. Got it. Got it. Unless you put it in some sort of geosynchronous... Maybe you stick it on the pole. You stick it on the pole and you only go to places that are in line with the pole. If you put it in a polar orbit, you're blocked more frequently because you're going around the Earth. Like I suppose, no. what? No, no, no! You put the laser on the pole and you yeah. fire it directly and you, upwards, you, yeah. and then you yeah. only and you go can only up go in that down. direction. So it just has to keep going up, 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 up. <laughs> Okay, yeah, but then you're not, like you're leaving this. But then the you're going to leave the solar object, system yeah. in the wrong angle. No, that's the only to, angle. You're leaving no, it at that's the angle. Yeah. Don't get a choice about this. That way. 
So like you've got a galaxy that is basically flat, <laughs> yeah. and instead of going along the galaxy, you're going see ya and just going straight yes. up. Yes, yes, <laughs> correct. Basically, yeah. Cool. Like, the, the angle, does, wait, does our, angle, does yeah, our solar little... system? It's not there's, there's a system a... go in line with the galaxy. I believe we're fairly flat in the galaxy. Yeah. I believe that's right. There's an angle, but it's not yeah. much of an angle. All right. I like those odds. So, but actually people are trying to do this now. So people are trying to build a hundred gigawatt laser on Earth to shoot a probe to Proxima Centauri. Are they going to do actually... that though? Are they doing it on the pole? They haven't, have they answered our question? <laughs> I think it's very valid. I... That would be a good question to ask. I don't know. It's a great question. We'll I'll them. tell you what we'll is another great we'll question. Or do they just fire it well, once? I assume you'd actually put it at a Lagrange point. You put it in some mm. stable part of like the orbital configuration. Probably like L. Is it L one that's between Earth and L one's got. Is that's where James Webb is now, right? Or is that yeah, L two? So that must have been the other side. L two is the other Webb. side, I think. Smash Sorry, laser. Yeah, <laughs> James Webb. Get that. Um, wait, uh, for people who maybe don't know, Simon, do you want to explain what a Lagrange point is? So the Lagrange point is where the gravitational force of one body is perfectly cancelled by the gravitational force of another body. So between the Earth and the Moon, there is a point where the strength of the gravity is equivalent from the Earth and the Moon. So obviously, because the Earth is much bigger, it's closer to the Moon than it is to the Earth. Um, and that's a that's a stable orbital configuration, which is why we put things like satellites. And James Webb is at one of these points. I'm just looking at um, one. I think but as soon as you hit a, it with the laser, it's going to leave that Lagrange point. So... Uh, no, 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 but that's what you, the put the there, yeah, the you put the laser. Yeah, you put that like a big solar array to, to capture energy and then redirect that in the form of the so laser. So the question is whether you would, yes, I, I guess it depends whether you, the laser itself moves backwards when it fires. Mm. I don't know, and whether well, you could power the laser there. Because you um, probably counteract that the radiation pressure with just like a, 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 a an ion drive of some also, kind. Just to oh, be clear, oh, um, I think you said in between Earth and the Moon. Yeah. James Webb is further away from the moon. Yes. Like it's, so it's L1, yeah. L1 oh. is between Earth and the moon. That's Hubble. Oh. is the other side. Yes. I think. Oh, no, no, Hubble's in Earth. No, Hubble's orbit, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, so but yeah, so L2, L2 is actually between further them? away. And the reason for that is what because James Webb uses thermal wavelengths, so they wanted to block out the thermal, the fact that the Earth is kicking out tons Wait. of thermal energy. In space. No, that's a good point. So what is, is what's, it the, what's balancing what's the balance? Is it the sun? It's centrifugal force. For L2? For James Webb? Around... What? I think it's the, the, I think the addition it's... of the sun, the addition of the Earth and the Moon. Around the, the I think it's the Moon's centrifugal together. force that then is the additional factor. I, I see. That. Okay. While um, you're doing that, yeah. let me just for those of us who haven't got us like a clear idea of what 100 gigawatts means, because I didn't. What does 100 gigawatts yeah. mean? I'm gonna boil a I'm, kettle. I'm gonna just. Yeah, it would boil a kettle. Okay. So Good. these are you. How useful many kettles? Things I've. <laughs> well, yeah, it's the me. same amount of kettles. That 1.3 billion horses would be able to boil. How many horses does it take to boil a kettle? How are they? Well, they've got hooves, Another not fingers. And is that them running on a treadmill <laughs> on a bike? How are these horses generating energy? They can, with their head, they can flick the switch on the kettle. It's fine. They are. They can good run that. two. Okay. They can, they can do heads. two bikes at the same time. You know time. what? Also, they could definitely, or like one tandem, just you know, all four. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so how many horsepower? <laughs> yeah, that? so what's the horsepower? And how did we get horsepower? That's a really good question. What is one horsepower? Point a one horse is not, does not produce one horsepower. horsepower. What? And what's the point, oh! Simon? I remember this. This came up a while back. Oh, God, we hang on. We are tangenting, but I need to know. Uh, I just feel like Ali had a lot of really exciting things to tell us here. I'm sorry, Ali. There's more to say. But it's, there's, it's fine. It's fine. so fast, that. <laughs> Gotten so I've got excited. Another... I've got another really cool way of traveling without fuel. It's actually awesome. It's completely theoretical and right. like mm. it, it could be bollocks, but it's such a cool idea. 
Yeah. Are you ready for this? Yeah. Yes. Okay, right. Um, so let's say you're not using a laser, right? Here's another way of doing it. You have a box full of... So on your spaceship, you have a box full of bouncing atoms. Stop this. That just bounce backwards and forwards from front to back sure. of this box. And they're actually charged atoms, so they're ions, whatever. Okay. Um, now, when you, the box starts moving in one direction, right? When the atoms are travelling towards the front end of the box, they're actually moving slightly faster as to when uh, they're travelling okay. towards the back of the box. Sure. Which means, according to relativity, they're ever so slightly heavier when they hit the front of the box than when they hit the back of the box. What? What? Because as things travel faster, they gain I in mean, mass. I know, that's insane. Right? Yeah. So, it, so um, they transfer more momentum to the front of the box than the back of the box. So they're pushing accelerating it. the box in the direction you want to go. How awesome is that? Question. How do you make the atoms just constantly be bouncy and not slow in down? In the right orientation as well. Yeah. So no, 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 the orientation. It. No, it doesn't matter about the orientation. directions, but it's the oh. consequence of the box moving. Oh, okay. But how okay, do you make yeah, them keep bouncing? But ideally, you'd have them all going in the a same kettle? direction to get the maximum amount of drive out of the a box. A kettle? You put them on a kettle? <laughs> no, you put them on the hob or something, I don't know. Keep you get your horses to cycle on their tandem bicycle, <laughs> boil the but kettle, also is... so the oh, atoms start physics. going. <laughs> it assumes that you can make a box with zero energy loss out of it as well yeah. from these ions. Well, not if they're on the it's hog. It's such a cool idea. It's a right? cool idea. Energy back in. I feel like we need another physicist in the team. I'm just, I'm just <laughs> oh, saying. No, <laughs> oh no! Simon doesn't think we're up to scratch. <laughs> Ali, that was a great D and D brief. Do you have any final facts for us about faster than life travel? I've got so many. So many. I'm um, sorry. One horse could produce 14.9 horsepower. <laughs> I just well need to get that in there. What was the horsepower? What if it's a Shetland pony. One horse can theoretically exert up to 14.9 horsepower. This horse is a beast. What it's because it's basically it was a, i think it was the original calculation if i'm remembering the story correctly was like it was oh a horse can turn a wheel this many times per hour and do this much work yeah. but obviously that's like over a long period of time whereas if the horse was to really try in over short periods of time <laughs> then it can produce way more than one horse if the horse just would put some work in uh, yeah. jesus horses get on with it amazing so Insane. horses are lazy thanks for coming <laughs> to my ted talk <laughs> Why horses are lazy by Simon Clark. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, right. Okay. The last bit I had was all biology. Yes. So, Woo! Woo! No, don't do that. No. Yeah. Biology. Woo! Can you imagine? Maybe, right, right, maybe right. one for next time. The biology yeah, of it. If you've got, is it about like how you might die in space if you have to? It's do about being frozen carbonite. It's about some of those. The concepts, maybe. Look, I'll just hammer through it just and then yeah, yeah, we'll you know, just try it and keep a lid on it. That's all yeah, I'm saying. I think that's a good okay, idea. Great. So, right. Um, let's say you're, so you're still traveling through space, um, but you, it's going to take a while, however you get there. And so you, you need to be modified to travel that far because on Earth, magnetic field of Earth's Earth protects us against cosmic radiation. And if cosmic radiation hits you without that magnetic field, uh, you're more, it's more likely to damage your DNA and yes. give you cancer and various, basically just hurt you in you get various right. different ways. So we're traveling through space, hundreds of years. How do we protect ourselves? I just want to throw some facts to you and then, no, no, now's not the time. No. So 
there has been work done on tardigrade DNA. Ooh, we love it's it. Tardigrade Claxon. Thank you, Tardigrade Claxon. Tardigrades produce a protein called DSUP, which fits its which fits itself to the DNA like a coat and protects it against radiation. So you can genetically engineer human cells to produce DSUP, and it makes them. <laughs> 40% more resistant to radiation damage. 5%. That's amazing. That is genuinely incredible. Is it enough? Yeah, is that enough? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, maybe we just put two tardigrades on. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure. But get to put tardigrade two power. coats on. Just put two I'm coats just... on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. Thank you. Get Simon down there. They need a physicist. Just tardigrades. Um... Attention tardigrades. Have you considered putting another coat on? <laughs> it's pretty cold. <laughs> But this, that, this fact sacks. This fact sacks, right? Fact so, fact sack. Obviously, Facts. either you do the Emily version where you basically have a colony ship and everybody just lives their lives out, and yeah. then a few generations later, you know, your great whatever's land on the planet, or you go into suspended animation. How could you do that? Medically induced coma, cool the body down, hibernation. Is that safe? Well, be dangerous right now. It was not. It, to part of the problems with it are that you basically have to do all the kind of physical stuff which your brain would normally be telling you to do, like breathing yeah. and shit like that. Yeah. Um, but you could, some of those you can get around by just giving someone an IV drip, which would basically circulate all the oxygen stuff that they need. Um, and then you would have to make sure that they didn't get sores, that they were sort of hanging in some sort of like suspension, which there's sort of stuff you could cool. do. But cool. the reason that I think it could be super cool from a sci-fi perspective is, so, if you are suspending your travelers in some sort of like coffin space coffin and you are iv dripping them all their oxygen and nutrition and everything like that and you need to fiddle with their dna to make them resistant to various things oh there, whoop, there is a kind there's a kind of technique which is happening now people are working on it now called pharmacogenomics where you basically alter dna with chemicals so you would put the chemicals required to alter people's DNA in the IV drip and then you would go into suspension and then your DNA would start to change. So you could imagine walking aboard this ship, right? So, you know, you, you bump into one of these colony ships in the, in the void, right? Blackness, psh, you drill through the hull, you get inside and you walk through into the coffin room, you know, where they're all there. You press the button, the, the big button, and one of them goes out. And they are completely different. You know, they're like part tardigrade. They're a bit of bear in there for the hibernation. Like they're totally changed because of the genetic shift that's required to hibernate this whole time. I just think that'd be so this awesome. This is just like, but is that not just like prime pickings for like a super villain to like get in to one of these ships as it's going and like change what's being put into the DNA? Like, I didn't oh. say it was without risk. Yeah. Just, I just had, a, I just that, had a, a thought for a sci-fi concept of I imagine if you got a machine to design a system to do this, yeah. they would put everybody into like a medically induced coma. And then uh, this is obviously the sci-fi part of it. They, what if they decided that the most sensible thing for everyone's sanity and for the harmony of the colony when the generation ship eventually arrived was that everyone gets put into a communal simulation of you've already arrived at the colony. Like you think that you are the generation that has woken up on the world and you have to make a society. And then that goes on for generation, generation, generation. And then eventually there is a generation that gets unplugged 
thinking they've lived on this world for 300 years and they realize ding you're here off you go you've learned how to do it there's a sci-fi concept oh if anyone God. wants to write a short story about that you do it i haven't got time Emily Bates. <laughs> i could just dictate that's... it in my sleep i'll, yeah, I'll, I'll, that's, I'll, that's I'll put a microphone to, to be next fair, to me you are doing a lot of sleeping simon i just really think you know it's a waste yeah Dead, it's dead time. You yeah, you could be so working. Much to add to I could concept. be traveling to other worlds. Concept. I could write sounds... you into a traveling to other worlds. Anyway, that's it. That was that, that was good. Thank you. That was great. That was amazing. I loved it. that. Good job. Brilliant. <gasps> well, let's take a beat. Let's all go away and think about what we've learned. <laughs> Maybe write some notes. Make some notes, James. Do no, bullet points. Make some notes. No, help you remember. Did you actually make notes, Harmony? Um, you did. <laughs> Charmony, we don't have to I'm do anything Charmony. with the tea. I'm going down time codes in case oh, I want to make okay. TikToks of them. <laughs> okay, that makes more sense. Yeah. But I'm you could also great. learn from them while you're making TikToks on them. Yeah. Oh, awesome. All right, so should we come back in five minutes? And then we'll get in. Get yeah, we, we, we have done it's our preamble ramble. Okay. We've done the D&D brief. D &D, and now, D &D, D &D. now it is time <laughs> a quick break and then the actual campaign. Stop it. Stop that. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. We are now ready for... Not ready. Dungeons not ready. We're not ready. Not ready. For yet more of the adventures. Of, you know what? Uh... I don't think we're going to see a dungeon or a dragon today. I'm just going to call it. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like we could we could everyone. see a dungeon. I think I'm that's possible. On the planet of Braxigantu, anything is possible. Uh, we're going to do a little... Except faster than light travel. Except faster than light travel. Very nice. <laughs> we do a little introduction of our characters now. Um, so as you can see, if you're watching, I got changed in the break and I'm now dressed as uh, my drow sorcerer, uh, Tenebris. Um, With updated stats, I'd like to point out. Level All the stats seven. have been updated. Hello. Incredibly uh, powerful. She was genetically modified to live on a planet far from um, the sun of this system. And um, her magical powers, as we found out last week, come from a colony of microorganisms that can manipulate brainwaves. So nothing to worry about there awesome. at all. Nope. Uh, Emily Bates. <laughs> Hello, I'm Emily Bates. No, we didn't see that bit. I play Infinite <laughs> Sky 6000, uh, serial number 8691972.6pmgb1530ml. Oh, she yeah. is a druid wood elf, but actually... In our world, she is a terraforming robot, and yeah. she's got cool screens that display skyscapes. And sometimes when she's sad, they get all cloudy. And I think it's cute. Um, no, Simon. <laughs> yes, hello, I'm Simon, uh, and I'm playing Uriel. Uh, Uriel uses he/they pronouns, and in D&D terms, is a dwarf monk. In our reskin, uh, they are a cybernetically enhanced human of quite squat stature, um, but has been augmented in various ways, making him stronger and faster, and giving him a fantastic rope belt, which. We have yet to see in this chapter, but I can, I'm pretty confident we're going to be a key cast member going forwards. Um, and um, yeah, things are about to get pretty heavy, I'm pretty sure, for Uriel today. And they're also going to get very heavy for our Fate Weaver, Ali Jennings. Fate Weaver. The Fate Weaver. Uh, yes, yeah, simply call me that. I have no name outside of that. Um, 
but I did create this universe, which we're all going to play in. And something to bear in mind is that this universe is all based on the same mechanics as the D&D 5e rule set. So it's got gods and magic and everything like that. But it's in a sci-fi context. So everything's explained through science and the workings of human ingenuity and beyond. So without further ado, roll the intro. On the planet of Braxigantu, in the city of Gunka, sprawling across the edge of the Mirror Lake, we found our heroes in the slums. There, we learnt a little bit about them, about their histories, where they'd come from, about what they wanted, what they were planning to do. But they were contacted by an agent of the Alliance, someone very high up in Alliance circles, Saib Vavagi, who brought them to her house and told them a number of things which were very interesting to them. So now, in their search for the cause of the various phenomena that have been happening to Gunker, they have some lines of inquiry that they could follow up, and we find them just waking up in the morning uh, at the top of a house uh, in the rich part of Gunker, floating above the cityscape, um, we meet our heroes. Let's go to uh, Tenebris and uh, sorry to Infinity and Uriel. Both of you have been uh, kept in the same room. You've woken up next to each other. Um, what would you like to do? Uh, can I just go to the window and sort of look out over the city? Are you looking for anything in particular? No, I just want to go look. See, can I see the crater of Mar from where Martin's Bane landed? Yes, you can. From here, floating in the sky from the Hanging Gardens, um, you look out and you can see this jagged scar um, which spreads out where Martin's Bane, this huge floating space station, smashed into the city of Gunker and broke up, but you can still see that it's retained a lot of its original shape, even though it's shattered and uh, twisted. Okay. Um, okay. Oh, sorry. No, you go. Um, no, you finish yours. Oh. There wasn't really much more. I was going to go talk to you, so if you're going okay. to do something. Um, is there a, uh, not a terminal, is there, is there the equivalent of an Alexa or, you know, some kind of assistant system? <laughs> In this, Lovely no, 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 it's in hardwired into the house. I'm in the sky 6000. You get the sense that uh, roll an investigation check in this room. Investigate this. Ooh, that's pretty good. Um, uh, what's my investigation? Uh, 17. Uh, looking around, you see that, yes, there is an intercom system with what looks like a kind of LCD panel um, linking you to other parts of the house, but you also get the sense that. Um, whatever there is here, a lot of effort has been made to make it subtle. And maybe the fact that you can see this is because you seem to be in the servants' quarters right now. So it's a little less kind of well done. Um, can I find something that looks like it is part of this system? And I want to put my hand next 
in onto its interface and cast speak with machines. Let's go, Muriel, let's go. Place your metal hand uh, on the surface of this interface and you feel wires snaking their way out from uh, your wrist and in through the ducts. Um, you feel the connections being made, a spark happen, and then a single line of text um, appears, you know, ASCII, uh, just at the bottom of your line of vision, just says, uh, hello? Uh, hello. Um, can you give me the parameters of the system in this house, specifically uh, relating to defense of the house? Um, uh, lots. Uh, can you be more specific in terms of armaments, capabilities? Uh, I'm a, I'm a door, I'm a door <laughs> system, but we, we've got a lot of doors and we got armor doors, we got wooden doors. How, how strong are you? Uh, pretty strong. How does it feel being a door? Uh, good, good. I like, I like being open. <laughs> I get that. I, I met quite a few doors that have been quite closed off in my time. Uriel's made a soulmate. Oh my god. Jeffa, <laughs> it's a door. Do you ever meet, meet a door called Tom? Oh, God, you're, te you're testing me now. I think if there was a Tom, after what's been happening recently, I don't think Tom's around anymore. Do you, do you get on with the other systems? Like, you know, what are the other systems like? Oh. Well, uh... Well, the cooking's a bit... A bit highly strung, uh, But obviously the defence systems, they're pretty... They're pretty laid back. I like them. All the rockets and the... And the lasers and the video cameras and... You know, the, uh... There's all those sliding panels and the trap doors and... Oh, well, no. You ever meet a door called Tom? No, I don't. I think I think I, I might have done, but Tom Tom was. I don't think Tom's Tom's with us anymore. He's um, oh. he, he 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 didn't make it out. They're not very mobile doors. I'm sure you've noticed this, but you know you you just you you stick at your post. You know if you're doing something, you stay where you are. I like him about doors. You know where you are with a door. But hang on, did yeah. you say sliding panels? That's a bit odd. Well, it's just another sort of door, really, isn't it? I suppose. It's like a sideways door. <laughs> but where, where's the sliding panel to, then? Oh, there's a few. Uh, there's uh, John. He's a uh, panel to the basement. Right. And there's, there's uh, Jackie. She's a panel for the oven. Oh, there's quite a lot, actually, now I think about it. Right, yeah. Where, where, where would I find John if I wanted to speak to John? Oh, John, you'd find him if you go uh, through me and then down the stairs and you'll find him on the ground floor, uh, probably just underneath the staircase uh, or on the side of the staircase. That's, that's where you find John. Right. Nice well, fella. Good to know. And um, you mentioned, yeah, the defence system seem pretty cool kind of our people. Where, where, where would I meet them? Oh, well, you just have to... Uh, Come by the house any time you aren't invited, really, and you'll meet them face to face. All right, so I can't meet him from the inside, like, you know, 
you know, like a friend. Oh, uh, they, they have quite a careful, uh, they keep the work and their personal life separate, so I don't really know how you'd go about that, actually. Alright, well, look, Tony, well, if I see Tom, I'll, I'll tell him you said hi, alright? Oh, well, thank you. You couldn't, you couldn't give him this, could you? Oh, yeah, and sure. uh, you just you just feel a little tiny data packet in the form of a single email being passed over to you. Oh, uh, yep, sure. If I see Tom, I will um I'll make sure to give him that. Uh, nice nice talking to you. Oh, lovely lovely talking to you as well. What's um, his name? What's his name? What's his name? Sorry, what's what's your name? I'm just completely. I'm not. You know, it's been a while since I talked to a door. What what's your name? You know, I haven't really thought about it. Don't I could give me. you a name. Oh, you could. What, what would you call me? Uh, how about Hans? Hans the Open Door. Hans the Open Door. Lovely. Lovely to meet you. Lovely to meet you, Hans. My name's Uriel. If I see Tom, I'll tell him you said hi. Oh, thank you very much. You could have given him this, could you? And there's another email packet gets passed over to you. It's like the same name, but one yeah. in brackets. Um, yeah. Sure. I'll oh. disconnect. Can I read the the sec the, one of the emails? They're going to be the same. <laughs> There's no way they're not the There's... same. Yeah, I mean, they are. They're exactly the same text. Um, I just say, Tom, it has been a long time taken me to write this, but with the help of some friends, I thought I would put into words how I have felt in the time we have shared. I have felt open to new experiences. Thank oh, you. This seems private. I'm going to stop reading. I'm going to die for this. You're, you are at the end. <laughs> no. <laughs> I forgot how hilarious the speak with plants slash now machines spell is. Like, oh, so good. I was sort of, yeah. Somehow I thought that a door may be a little bit more <laughs> of a better conversation yeah. partner. Oh, uh-huh, no, no. Notoriously <laughs> hilarious. Oh, no, no, this is, a middle, this is like a middle-class civil servant house. Yeah. It's probably got smart doors. So I was... I was well, that was smarter than your I average door. I was going to say, that fair. was a pretty smart <laughs> door. Um, okay. Uriel, I've, I've oh. got... Um, I've got these, and can we say the night before I cast Good Breeze before we went to sleep? So I can get sure. slot back and I'll give uh, you take three if you know what to do. Right, thank you. Don't need them yet. You well, need to uh, give okay. the rest to Snebris. Sure, I'll pop them away. Uriel, are we going to go to Martin's Bane today? We've left it for a really long time as it is. We've got to get there as soon as possible. Okay. Are you are you going to be all right? Doesn't matter if I'm all right or not. Yes. I will be alright, because I have to be alright. That's all I can be. We're going to save whoever we can. I promise. We'll try. And with that, we shift over to Tenebris. Tenebris, we find you in a small attic room, actually one level higher than uh, Uriel and Infinity. Um, And this room is familiar to you. What do you see as you sit up in bed? Have you slept? Um, not very well. 
Um, I think Tenebris is still with a headache. Um, still kind of flickering some dancing, dancing lights with her fingers. Um, and I wanna. Is this? Is this from how I left it? Like it is how you I left, left it. There's things a things here because I couldn't take. I didn't take anything with me. No, it is how you'd left it. You've noticed, in fact, that it's been dusted. So people have been yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like uh, she's going to have a look at, like, papers of scribbles and doodles. Um, nothing, like, super personal, but just, like, tiny little doodles and she was always very careful like not to like mark the walls or like chip the furniture or anything and things like very carefully looked after um but like notebooks and, and things of scribbles and i think having just sort of like like looked through a few few things um she's just gonna stride out the door uh, she's, she's lived here for years, like, it's very easy to just slot back in to doing things exactly how you used to, but just suddenly very aware of everything that she's missed. One thing you do notice before you leave is yeah. your clothes, the ones that you left, they're all there, hung up, washed. Oh, man. And you haven't changed, you've... You've been traveling for weeks. I changed my outfit in a while. I'm gonna change. I don't want to get in trouble. I'm gonna change. I'm gonna need new character up. Okay. <laughs> you step out into the hallway, and for a second, you catch sight of yourself in the mirror as you leave, and you feel exactly the same as you have done for the past, well, for the past years that you've been here and for a second you feel like everything that happened before was like a dream like where are you headed slight catch before she shakes herself out of it um i would like to go to um I, I feel like the mistress's like reception room somewhere where it is appropriate to wait for her like audience kind of thing you follow your feet and you let them take you that familiar route down towards the office um not the reception room where you know that uh high profile guests would wait the front room uh, but rather uh, just a side corridor uh near the pantry and you sit and you wait where there's a couple of rows of chairs where servants might wait uh, and a side door into her office um as soon as you sit down you hear a voice in your head darling so glad you're awake looking lovely Come in, come in. I'm going to the office. It is. Oh wait, wait just before office. I go in, can I just? Can I try and I'm going to stop casting dancing lights, and I'm going to like just try and I want to make it through this conversation without looking like I've got a headache or that I need to be casting. This is going to be hard. You. The headache that you have had and that has been building for the last week is now getting to the point 
where it's intruding on your ability to think. So to hold on to this whilst you go into this conversation with this woman who has so much power, roll a performance check. You got this. I don't think I got it. I think that was a natural one. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Okay. All right. That's fine. We can work. Yeah, we can work around this. That's where we're yeah. starting today. That's how we're going today. Okay. Yeah. As you go and you walk into the room, actually, a spasm of pain hits you in the temple. <sighs> and you can't help but wince as you walk through the door. And you see Sai looks towards you. And she's standing at the other end uh, of the room. She's standing. And there's tall... Um, glass windows behind her clear glass and you can see that the books uh the the walls around you are covered in bookshelves and books on gunker that is a that's a choice right that is not something that is obviously made these are either antiques or they've been made very very specially this is the room of someone with power i'm just going to pause there for a second shamani have you frozen uh, i'm back i'm back sorry thank you okay um this is the room of someone with power and someone who doesn't need to show that power but needs you to remember the scope of it when you come in. In fact, as you look towards her silhouetted against the light of the morning uh, sun coming through the mist that shrouds the centre of Gunker, that black silhouette, tall and slender, seems to you like a shadow drawing you in, like a doorway to somewhere dark that you remember and feel. You go in with a wince and immediately she turns towards you. Sit, Tenebris, sit down. Clearly you're in pain. You sit your head again. Come on, come on now. And she rings a little bell and calls, Geoffrey, Geoffrey, tea for Tenebris. She sits down next to you. Come on, we don't need to sit with the desks of course we're old old friends i'm gonna start casting dancing lights again i can't i can't stop like i just need to just need to be casting sorry i'm fine actually like she watches you cast it and it's an appraising eye almost it's a strange expression um almost like you're being studied and then she lightly rests a hand on your shoulder. Tell me, Tenebris, how can I help you? You've already helped. I, I, I just wanted to come before we have to go today and, you know, say thank you again for everything that you're, you're giving and you're doing. Like, I, I just want you to know that I don't, I don't take it for granted. And I, and I really, I really am really grateful. But I, I wanted to just make sure you know that that this is a visit, and I'm not staying. My darling, let's let's not think about what's going to happen. Let's get through what's happening now. You have always been free and I always want 
you to be free to make your own decisions. I want you to do what's right for you. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I, I, okay, I just, I don't want to, to let you down because I don't want you to be disappointed or, or upset if, you know, if I have, like, you know, I've been making my way and, and you know, getting different jobs and, and, you know, looking after myself. So, you know, I, I felt like I needed to do that and then just so that you're not, you know, expecting anything from me. Come now. The most important thing now is that you're safe. So just promise me one thing. When you go out there, you're going into a dangerous place, into a dangerous world. Gunka is fractious. It's feverish right now. I need to be able to help you. Don't hide anything from me. Will you promise me that? I... Will you promise me that? I, I will... I promise. Already. Good. Good. Go into the kitchen, my sweet. There'll be tea. We there. are... I said I was alright, and, 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 and I'm not alright, and I know you know, but just because I'm being honest, I just want to tell you that... We have a lot of power, but if we don't use it, it's it's we it's gonna be bad, and and then my head hurts, and and um, sorry, I didn't tell you that straight away. How bad are the headaches become? Just like all the time, like it used to be. Just like if I didn't like like do anything for like maybe a day, and now it's like I have to, and this isn't enough, and 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 I I, I just feel like I need to do things, but it's really like. What can I do? Like I can't get into get into people's heads and and uh, and and hurt people and and then if I don't, then then it's um. So you know, I'm not worried about not being able to protect ourselves in the dangerous place. I'm worried about not being able to to protect other people from from us. Don't. Don't worry about other people, Tenebris. You are the most important thing. If these urges become too strong, you must remember that some people matter less than you. You are the most important thing. I don't... I don't want... I don't hurt people anymore. You don't have to hurt people, Tenebris. But if you need to, just remember that I can help you. I have always wanted to help you. And with me, whatever you do, whatever happens, I can make you safe. Together, we have always been stronger. I have to go to Martin's Bain. I will... I will speak to you. I, I can... I can... We can speak to you. I can... From there, and you can obviously can, so... I will let you know what is happening. I will... I will... I won't hide anything from you. I, no. I never... I... I'm sorry. No. I know you won't. And just for a second, she puts her hand on your hand. And gives it a little squeeze, just a little 
bit harder than is friendly. And then she rises, and you know that that's the sign for you to leave. I will head to the kitchen. Yes, I'll head to the kitchen. Uh, so, Infinity and Uriel, um, you will have been met and greeted, and the serving staff will have led you down to the kitchen where you're now eating and preparing yourself for the day. Good morning, Snowbris. Hi. Hi. How are we? Are we all feeling calm? Would anyone like to be calmer right now? <laughs> no, I'm always I'm fine. Calm. Just keen to get going, that's all. Um, I've got these for you, Snowbris, and I'll give you three good berries as well. Do I eat them now? No, not now. No, don't. Oh, don't. okay. No, that's for, you know, if we're if someone's hurt, that they should give you a boost. Oh, okay. I have up in my pocket. If I, will they get squished? Um, they might get a little bit squished. Maybe just try not to sit on them. But I, have... I think of good berries as like you know those um yeah, like... the the ketchup and mustard dispensers you get in certain like, <laughs> restaurants that are like round with a thing on top. That yeah, but but really oh. small. And no, no, they're not that gold. small. They're like they're like um dice size basically, but they're I like big like... purple. We had we had the D and D brief on. I them. think they're purple. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I think of them as being gold. Well, they're purple. purple. So. They're definitely purple. Yeah. Probably can't see purple. Just oh. seeing metallic colours. Jeffrey, please Stop. may I have a small jar for my gooseberries? Uh, oh yeah, absolutely, uh, milady. Uh, it's Jeremy actually on. Uh, the the madam also gets me confused, but um, of course. <laughs> I was confused you may. by that. I thought maybe Jeremy was on shift last night and you Jeffrey this Jeffrey morning. Jeffrey is a great oh, idea for a butler. Name for a butler. Was really. it fact, Jeremy? You know, I, I thought that. Okay, it's a story good. all about how someone's life got switched. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tell me about you it. You still like. can't. Tell the difference between us, I'm afraid. Okay. Um, sorry, Jeremy. I was just trying to go with the flow, you know? Um, can I have a little jar for my good buddies? And also, can we have some breakfast? Uh, oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. And uh, Jeremy goes to the kitchen, and uh, it kind of comes down to his level, and he starts preparing things, takes a jar from um, up in the rack, up at his uh, above his head, which is at your shoulder height, hands it to you. And you guys have eaten, and you're fulfilled and you're uh, ready. Do you have anything you want to discuss before the day begins? So, Tenebris, me and Nero were talking and, well, we think we should go to Martin's Bane. Yeah, I guess, because, like, yeah, we should, yeah, we should check it, check it out. Right, because there might be people there. And yeah. Um, who, who, you're we could help them. Knows, right. right. I've, I have reason to believe that there are people left alive. They're probably right in the centre of Martin's Bane. That's right. the area that would survive the crash. And it would be good to sort of find out more about maybe why Martin's Bane was what fell. Uriel, you wouldn't you wouldn't have any knowledge. There is nothing that I know as to why it should be anything other than a star in the sky. Do I believe what he's saying? Roll an insight check and oh, Uriel roll either persuasion or deception. Synthetic it. 20. Am I doing persuasion or deception? Yeah, don't tell us what the answer is, but if you can WhatsApp Bates, depending on what you've rolled. Uh, right, hang on. Whispers. 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 Okay. Intra-party checking. I like it. Always insight check your friends. (laughs) (laughs) While this is going on, 
Um, obviously, your meals are cleared away just so tactfully and gracefully. A little tiny bit of banter, obviously, between you and Jeremy, just to keep you all at ease. You see some of the other serving staff coming and going, this lush oak-lined uh, kitchen. And um, as uh, you are clearing away and getting your stuff and preparing for the day, um, the butler comes out. Uh, hello, uh, Simon. Uh, I, I do remember you, Mr. Nebris. Um, if you'd like so to come Simon. this way. Uh, Who's Simon? Oh, God, this isn't going to get confusing oh, at all. Oh, hello. <laughs> this is Simon. Is, who's Simon? Sorry? The butler. This is Uriel. Wait, you've got a butler called That's Simon? Simon. No, this, I yeah, thought the I butler was saying hello to Uriel and got <laughs> no, his name wrong. No, I, I'm themselves. Simon. You're Simon. I understand. I'm, Simon. I'm so yes. sorry. That's no, something about Uriel that makes me think fault. people might confuse him with that name. But anyway. Hello, John. This is hello, John. <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> if you'd all like to follow me, the the lady has prepared you a car that will take you, uh, I believe, to Martin's Bain. Is that correct? Oh yes, thank you. That would be most excellent. Thank you very much. Maybe oh, maybe we could just be taken to sort of near, and we could sort of. I just I worry that didn't didn't she say there might be people there, you know, in the wreckage, and maybe Not we don't want them though, to. Right? But maybe we don't want to sort of just arrive at the outside. Okay. Yes, I have heard that it's quite port, dangerous though. around there, but ours not to reason why, if you know what I mean. So you okay. can, the car will take you wherever you wish to go, and right. uh, please send it back. Okay. We, okay. I'm sure we can manage that. Right. Thank you. Thank you so Is much. everyone okay? We are good to go! This is very exciting. It's like the time we went into those mines. Let's hope it ends a bit better than the time yeah, we went into the mines. Better, yes, better that would be that. good. That's no, less walls of light exploding yeah, over everyone. Yeah. That would be good. This okay, good. Be tall like that. Great. As you talk, uh, you walk through the garden. Um, the flowers that before followed you to Nebris again. Uh, what is it? Was, was it Infinity? It followed I cast. Them, so well, I am. Yeah. Mm, yes, the flowers that follow you, Infinity, just sort of sniff in your direction, but don't do anything uh, and now in the daytime um, whereas before <laughs> the mist of central gunker um, was crisscrossed with lights of all different kinds some lasers some much more sort of uh, broader in scope and gave it a very kind of uh, like an uplit feel like there was a, all sorts of energy and things going on and um, but also patches of darkness everywhere now in the daytime the mist is suffused with this sort of uh, white fill light and gives it a kind of ghostly presence like there's almost no shadow everything is flat um almost monotone as you walk through uh, and in front of you is the same car the robotic car that brought you to this place um unless anybody has anything else they want to do no no how close do we want to get to martin spain before we round the corner round I the feel, corner i feel like we kind of need to see what is what's left of Martin's Bane, and then assess where is a good place to put down. So, you, okay. You enter the car, it closes around you, um, and sets off. Obviously, that's the noise inside the car outside. It's, it's a rotor-driven car. Away. Um, through the mist. Um, you can now see further because of the sun. Um, you see some of the rest of Gunker, very tall, like swooping skyscrapers. Um, as you look towards the centre, you see that everything piles up in a sort of uh, mound as the buildings get higher and higher and higher towards the very centre. And just in the mist, you see the tensor cables 
of uh, the space elevator that sits in the center of Gunker. And you can even see now that the space elevator is halfway through uh, one of its cycles, this vast plug of earth lifted out of central Gunker, pulling, and you can hear, as you can hear everywhere in central Gunker, the echoing of the rattling of those chains and the sound of the engines. <laughs> as this plug gets pulled further and further up. Is that how you got here, Uriel? Because I came down in that. Did you come down in that? The space elevator? Uh, no, I, 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 I didn't take the elevator. It's just... super cool. It's like the stars, like there's like cables that go all the way up to space. It's super cool. No, it, it, it's a, it's an engineering marvel. It's um, it, it, it's something that uh, maybe it would be interesting to to inspect in the future. You talk, the car swoops through the other cables hanging, the lesser cables of the different um, sort of micro lifts that have mushroomed out from around the space elevator. Um, you see other hanging platforms, um, sometimes the massive outer shape of one of the vast zeppelins that holds up the floating parts of the city. Um, and occasionally just a wing appears out of the mist, maybe underneath you, maybe to the side of these huge flying beasts. And then in front of you, you see massive shadows blocking out parts of the sun, the butterflies. Massive machines used to control the weather inside the Gunker pillar, in central Gunker. The car past them, out of the mist, and you see in front of you, it's a bright sunlit day, um, and the sprawl of Gunker is beneath you. The car over the uh, the surface of the sprawl, and then you see as it starts to turn uh, towards the west. Um, you see a massive uh, uh, a massive it's like a plume of destruction, where something has hit the city smashed its way through, cutting off the tops of skyscrapers and building, and then just tunneled into the ground, throwing up earth and dirt and debris everywhere, crushing everything beneath it, and then spitting out um, other parts of broken masonry and spaceship, and there, lying along its axis, like some sort of huge broken worm, is Martin Spain. Shattered in many places, but you can see, and Uriel, you would know, that the central core of Martin Spain is largely intact. However, one end has actually tunneled into the earth. So has smashed off in lots of different places and has completely wedged in there. So impossible to access. The other end is still sticking out of the ground. So now it's almost like a, a sewer pipe at an angle. One end open, the other blocked off by the earth and all around it the debris and wreckage of the rest of the station are there any spokes still attached you can see uh so the the uh for tenebris and infinity looking at this ship uh looking at this wreckage of this space station what you can see is that there is one central core and around it seems to have been wheels like bicycle wheels mm -hmm. um, 
almost like a set of bicycle wheels attached to each other. Um, and when it hit the earth, those wheels shattered and splintered and fractured everywhere, but the central axle still re remains in shape. And the spokes that come out of the axle, attaching it to the, the wheels, as it were, many of those spokes are still intact. Some of them are bent and broken off, but they do, uh, yeah, lots of them are intact, especially closer to the central axle. You were um, right, Uriel. Yeah. Okay. I'm trying to identify a place for us to put down. If we... I'll... I'll sorry. I'll put my hand got, on your shoulder and cast guidance. We've got to get into the central part of the spoke. If people are alive, that's where they're going to be. There weren't any axles that would have gone directly into there, but we can get as close as possible. Is there? Is I'm there just an axle? Gonna, I'm, I'm just going to. So the axle is the central bit. Yeah. And the spokes are the bits coming off it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But as in, we're looking for the center of, there's in the middle section, of the axle. Yeah. Um. So, I see what you're saying. Yes, pretty much. Yeah. So, um, um, is there an is there a spoke that looks like we could gain access that is towards the center? Is what I'm trying to do. Okay, roll me an uh, a perception check. To I mean, see you've got how... guidance, so you can add a d4. Well, my d4 is rolling hot today. I did a test. You... A test roll. So, I'm going to perceive with my. Ooh, I just knocked over my board. That's a good sign. My perception of my desk. Uh, right, I perceive with mine peepers. Oh, well, the D4 is doing very well. Um, <laughs> I got a 14. With a 14, you, um, you can see that the end, um, the open end of the axle sticking out of the earth, um, that appears to be the main, like, so the, the lateral most axle, so the main entrance to Martin Spain. Right. So basically what that tells you is that the axle itself has largely remained intact and that the bit which is shoved into the earth, judging by the length of it, you would imagine that the central core is submerged. It's subterranean now. Okay. Right. I think we're going to have to go in through the main entrance. Okay. I can, I can help keep us hidden if we want or like mm. in case there's other people who are going in there and trying to like steal all the things and then we'll just like yes I, around them and I can't imagine notice. they'll just let us walk in so no, they'll think we are going to steal things and like we try and be like no we're not terrible right. thieves we're archaeologists but so maybe maybe does we it... set down sort of round the corner somewhere does it look like there's like an official I say like are the authorities like swarming all over this yeah like, can i can please? i look for other people like going in and out sure um roll a perception check infinity and your perception check still stands uriel uh, oh it, it was trying so hard to not be a natural one but it was mm -hmm. um uriel uh infinity it's, it's nine you... total if that if that just just you know <laughs> still plus eight <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't not help um <laughs> Infinity, you don't exactly know what you're looking for. No. You don't really know what, what that kind of security yeah. might look like. Um, so, you know, you can you can see that there's a little... There is activity there, certainly. Um, Uriel, you can see that 
there are some what look to be clusters of uh, official you you would know that the police force of Gunkers called the Brothers in Arms and you can see that there are clusters of what look like that both stationed aerially around the crash site and what looks like on the streets themselves but what you can also tell is that they're very thinly spread this is a vast crash site right all right if we go in and try and land directly by the front door we're going to get spotted by the aerial units so i think we're going to have to set down and then that's walk fine. that's fine i can help keep us hidden all right let's do that can we set down like what's a reasonable distance like a kilometer away uh yeah absolutely the car um you know maybe oh no i've got an hour on it that's fine yeah and here you are you step out into the slums of Gunker around you, you can hear the bustle hustle and bustle of activity um, it is lessened a little bit this close to the crash site but still there are children playing uh, around you in the rubble um, you can see that there's scavengers looking for things it's just the dregs now this far from the crash site um, but you can see down a crooked road as far as you can see, the wreck is looming up, and that will be the direction you'd go. Cool. Right. And um, I was going to send the car back to the business. <laughs> oh, thank you very much. Bye. Should have just should have spoken <laughs> to the car. Anyway. <laughs> um, right. When we get close, I'll if we can tuck into an, an alley or behind a tree or something. Uh, and what I'll, do you want to do? I just um, I have this bit of programming uh, that can. It can help keep us hidden. It's, it will be a bit weird for you, but it should it should work. I'm just going to project my screens out over the top of you, so you'll sort of blend in with everything. And it's sort of a certain setting I go you. into. Hmm. So we just, just stay with, near you. Yes, no thirty feet within thirty feet of I me. Mean, they'll just see like the sky. Well, it it won't be the sky. It will be oh. it will be the area around i'll scan oh, okay. the ground that makes and most, then yeah, make you look better. like that that's, yes yeah, i will also that. start yeah, looking like that i also i play out a bit of white noise so you can't quite hear what we're saying and things as well it's very that's it's very yes i i haven't quite i haven't haven't had an opportunity to use it yet but okay uh, let's try it let's try okay. it i love this i will cast pass without trace and i think these sort of like and i've decided for some reason that in her neck there's like little like projectors kind of oh, stick out and just start like projecting over Uriel Tenebris like so scans the ground and the surrounding area and so like you know when you walk in front of like a cinema screen and you get what's on the screen like over your body you get that all over you and um and then also this kind of like comes out because I didn't realize Pass Without Trace obscures your um si obscures uh, sort of a veil of shadows and silence radiates from you um it's according to the actual spell um yeah so oh, a veil of shadows and, oh my god we could do full-on noise cancellation but i i mean we could do um masking you and your companions from detection for the duration each creature you choose within 30 feet of you including yourself has a plus 10 bonus to stealth checks and can't Yay. be tracked except by magical means a creature that receives Yay. this bonus leaves behind no tracks or other traces of its passage so boss apparently a feather duster comes out from behind and just starts sweeping <laughs> our chance but i don't want to say that so like what's the range on it how close do we have to be 30 feet Wow, this this is this this seems strong. Okay, it's a really, big really old duster. It's a really good spell. Cool. So we've got that for an hour. Um, it's concentration as well. Ali's just seen. Yeah. Got it. 
Hey, so what are you guys so doing? Let's head towards the head towards. Stealthy. Yeah, sneaky, sneaky. Uh, do, I mean, do we see any groups that we can uh, like stay clear of? Like, can we can we mm. try and track a good yeah. path? Give me a group perception check. Oh, oh, Nat twenty. Total twenty-one. Is it the sun? Is there sun? Yeah. Uh, no, yes, there is sun here. Is this no, because sunlight? it's not misty anymore. Because you're out oh. of the sunlight. So you're out of the mist, oh, you're into mist. the sunrise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, tell me your perception checks. 21. Ten. Nat, 20. For a... Oh, uh, 22. <laughs> and 10 from Tenebris. 10! Ten. I'm 10! Ten. Tenebris! Uh, okay, great. So, uh, Tenebris, you're just kind of enjoying the scenery. Um infinity and uriel uh, you look around you scan and you can see there's um, some kids playing football against one of the walls of one of these broken down buildings that has been scythed through by this space station um you can see a couple of scavengers picking through the wreckage but nothing much else on the road that takes you towards uh the crash site okay. so if you're headed towards there and you're doing it stealthily yeah then all romeo Stealth check as well. Add ten to whatever you get, including yeah. the modifier. Oh shit, that's good. Yeah. Oh, very oh, good. That's it's a... very good. I get thirty-one. Seventeen. Total. Plus 10. Yes, I rolled a four. <laughs> so twenty-four, seventeen, and thirty-one. 31. You all feel quite confident. Whatever Infinity is doing, it seems to be doing the business. So. You move forward. I'm trying to keep in step with the rhythm of the streets, uh, and you make your way towards uh, the crash site. Um, as the buildings open out in front of you, you can see that they're getting lower and lower. That there's more and more rubble in the streets. Looking around you, uh, Uriel and Infinity, and you can see that there's fewer people now. Um, it's quite. St it's not still, but it's. It's tense. Um, even when you see movement, you just see flickers of movement of people moving between buildings, trying to stay out of sight. You yourselves start using the bits of broken wall, the bits of fallen rubble as uh, a cover, and on you press until you reach a sort of plane where you can see that everything has been knocked down, completely sandwiched. Around you, you see shards, massive shards of metal, huge, what looked like bolted structures um, that have been torn off. You can see that parts of them have melted uh, and around you in the rubble are larger bits of metallic machinery, it looks like. Looking across this sort of plateau, uh, you see the occasional um, movement of something flying, like small drones, just um, trying to duck in and out of um, these bits of fallen masonry. Um, you don't see any groups of people. It looks empty. And the last thing to add, obviously, in front of you, now that you've come out <laughs> into this space, a colossal open moor of this space station. You can almost start to see inside and Obviously, it gets darker and darker and more and more shadowy. It seems like this tunnel goes on forever, but it's kilometers wide. It's stretching out, completely enveloping the space, and it takes up the whole one side of your field of vision. 
going to take us ages to get around in there, right? Very big. We know what we're looking for. I know where to go. Okay. How long will it take us to get there? Well, if it was a straight line, we could probably manage it in a day. Oh, I can't keep this up for a day. Well, like... once we're in there, I'm sure okay. the bulkheads are much closer together. There are large spaces, but obviously there's large, there's what? large parts of the station that are you know more okay. modular. Right. Well, we should get going. Let's keep moving. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I think I heard the police. Let's go. You push onwards into this colossal cavern that is the crash site of Martin's Bay. As you come deeper and deeper and deeper into the space, you can hear parts falling off the inside of this great metal cavern. It gets darker and darker as the sunlight penetrates less and less far in as you walk in you look above you you see hanging um, wires and cables you see uh, wide tubing that's fallen um, and just splayed out from the ceiling on the floor around you the rubble of masonry from the buildings has started to disappear and now it's plain metal scarred with scratch marks and burn marks you can see pieces of what looks like some sort of robotic machinery littering the ground in front of you it's like uh it's like a boulder field of these machines and as you move through them after the first 30 or 40 minutes your perception and your stealth steps still counting. You're seeing no one, but you start to hear. Hi. Noises. I just want to There's say while we're walking, here. I think Infinity is standing like right next to Uriel, like the whole time, like not quite like holding his hand, but trying to be like right there for him if he needs it. In front of you, in the twilight that this has now become, you see a huge ship shaped like a dagger that has thrust its way through the whole shell. This ship is maybe two or three kilometers long and has pierced the axle um, at an odd angle. And it, the nose appears to have shattered off to one side and it's uh, stuck and from where you are it's clear that this is a spaceship of some sort and Uriel you recognize it as an armada ship hung in this cavern off the ground so you could walk underneath it there's you know a good 100 200 meters and it's suspended piercing this axle is it of a configuration <laughs> that I knew was at Martin's Bane? Or is this a new ship to me? Uh, roll a perception check. Oh! Uh, you can't be sure. I mean, you know that the, the Armada makes ships in this sort of shape, but as to the exact origin of the ship, you don't know. Do I, I mean, would I recognise how, how big is it? You know, would I know? Is it a battleship? Is it a corvette? Is it? 
Mm. So this is a this is a frigate. Um, so normally a kind of accompaniment ship that you would get uh, simply for uh, space battle or for space accompaniment of um, cargo. Yuriel, how did that ship get in this other ship? Like, with poking out of the side. Well, there's two possibilities. It was either in the ship to begin with and the force of re-entry forced it through the wall. Or it rammed into Martin's Bane. Can I look and see if it looks like it was... If that, because if it, if it was if it's come through, yeah, then we can assume it, yeah. it rammed into Martin's Bane. Whereas if it looks like it kind of went backwards and smashed you said you said it, it or did you say was, you said the nose was shattered didn't you so it, it has come through yeah i was gonna say you so uh, could infinity well, be quite sure that it's come in like through so, the outside now you guys have a choice to make at the moment you're moving slowly you're hiding you're you're going stealthily through this place mm-hmm. this battleship uh, sorry this frigate is high open. up if you want to get a closer look at it, you'll have to go out and have a look, um, which might make you more visible. Um, but you're welcome to. Not what we're looking for. No. We're not. We're not here to, to investigate. What? We're here to try and find people. There's like yeah. a flash of emotion from Uriel that's kind of then hastily covered up. We, we're here to try and work out who is still in the center so we should keep going right we keep going we'll keep going push on as you move underneath this massive ship you start to hear voices come on how long do you think it's going to take we can't be here for much longer they're going to come in they're going to find us if we run into those guys ain't nothing we're going to be able to do about that right Right, I hear you, yeah, but we can't bring nothing back to the boss. That ain't going to fly. Listen, we get in, we get up there, we see what have a nosy around that ship, see what we got. After that, I'm off home. And you hear this conversation going. It's coming from in front of you. It seems to be a few people. Do you think they're scavengers, or do you think they were sent by someone else? They sound like scavengers to me. They said the boss. Yeah, everyone has a boss, though. You've got to have a boss. I don't think I have a boss. Well, we are freelance archaeologists, but... (laughs) That's true, yes. Usually you would have, like, a head of department or something. Oh, I see. Okay, okay. Yes, yes. We've got to register ourselves with HMRC or we're going to be in so much trouble. So much trauma. Don't. No, I don't want to talk about it. Please. Let's try and go around them. I'm going to look for a route that I think would avoid the the area where the voices are coming from. Can I... Can we see what they are doing? Like, do we have any visual contact with them? You've not seen them yet, um, but you could try and sneak around and get a sneak around this sort of debris and get a closer look at them. Yeah, I think that's. What I think we really should. Yeah, yeah. Okay. We have to roll do another to stealth check. Around, you're still under pass without trace. No, not as good. Sixteen. Uh, it's exactly the same for me as well. Uh, that's with pass without trace. That's with pass without trace. Yeah. Oh. I rolled bad. Nineteen. It's about as low as it can go for me. <laughs> uh, you guys nose your way up to the side of um, one massive fallen 
piece of ship docking equipment and uh, as you're walking some little pieces of rubble um, slip and slide down the metal around your feet and um, you slip for a moment uh, catch yourselves that makes a scraping sound you look around and the corner and you see in front of you what looks like uh, a separate room so something that's fallen uh, and has lodged itself on the ground um, clearly full of bits of machinery and and complicated uh, mechanical items and inside that room you see shapes um, what from this distance you can see there's four uh, figures picking through um, this fallen room and there are two other figures stood by the door and one of them as they talk to each other, it sounds like those are the two people that you've heard speaking. How many people in total, sorry? Two on the door and... Two on the door and four searching the room. Do we think we could get away, like, do we think if we stuck to kind of the other side, furthest away from the two at the door, that, yeah, can we can we try and get around without them seeing us, basically? Mm. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, so um, with that same stealth check... We don't know we've got that stealth trick though, right? <laughs> yeah. So okay. it looks like there's a way of doing it. I shouldn't be here. This is wrong. Uriel, do you want us to stop them? We can just be like, boo, and maybe they'll run away. I shouldn't. It interferes with what we are trying to do. Let's try and go around. But Uriel is not happy with it. Come this way. And I'm going to try and... Yeah, I'm following. You walk single file, hiding as best you can behind the other shattered pieces of equipment, machinery, some sort of huge spade of a digger, it looks like, some sort of massive drill just shucking up out of the ground. As you walk past, there's a moment where uh, Tenebris you turn to look at the wall behind you and somehow it's completely mirrored like a perfect mirror in a second you look into that mirror and you see it's reflecting straight towards the two people standing at the door and for one split second you look directly into the eyes of one of the guards you freeze there's a moment she frown and then they go back to talking to the person next to them. You release your breath. You keep moving. You make it round the room. Now, we avoid the three of again. you are <laughs> Hell yes. Yes. underneath the hull of this long dagger-like ship. Um, you can see up into it and you can see the broken bits there's almost holes where you can see through the hull up into what looks like dark space underneath it you can just about hear in the distance bang, 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 something moving around inside there in front of you looming out of the twilight you now see a sheer metal surface not a fucking wall Doors? It completely blocks this part of the axle. What's this, Uriel? It's going to be one of the the bulkheads of the central section. Um, 
it was the, the the central bit of Martin's Bane is broken down into compartments and there are obviously walls between them but there are access points you can get right from one end right away to the center but there's large bits that you can't so we're going to have to look for an access point okay i said that very stealthily obviously <laughs> i had the voice um the the cancellation going going to be on the edge and do we know which edge because like is which way is up and like which way is down and like mm. we, we we sort of were worked well there are there are two axes, right? You've got rimwood and corewood, and then you've got kind of in and out. Those were your two dimensions. So yeah. in order to go in, large craft would be able to pass through the big doors, but then people had to go in as well. So we're probably going to be best off looking for one of those small entrances, and those are going to be on the the rimwood side of the centre. Um, anywhere I'll, along the rimwood side, not just at the bottom I'll, where we are. Now. I'll glance around and try and see if I can see a, any sign of a door for some humanoid shapes. Is I this something that yourself. everyone is doing? Uh, certainly is what just... Uriel would be doing. Uh, okay, you guys choose. Do you want to? Does one of you want to roll with advantage, or do you want to all roll? Infinity is mainly rolling. I'm so doing I like a scan. I will give Infinity advantage, advantage by having just confirmed that it is on the rimwood side. Looking at the rim. Oh, for God's sake. That so is a it. 24. 24. This uh, sheer surface rises up in front of you. Um, so you start scanning the edges. This is a concave surface, the inside of a drum that you're basically looking at. Um, Uriel and Tenebris, you're finding this difficult because the distances involved are huge, right? But Infinity, you focus your mechanical eyes. Oh no, I don't want her eyes to come out. That's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> it's like seeing someone really fit in a cartoon. Like, <laughs> they make that noise as well. Yeah. <laughs> Let me just have a quick look over there. <laughs> um, can she do that so with like a can... melee attack? If like someone's just in front of her, she could just telescope her eyes through them. <laughs> what you can see is um, one of these concave surfaces um, going up and up and up and up the side until you get to something which is vertical, basically, like a vertical side of the surface. You can see that there are three what looks like access tunnels um, uh, near up. the edge Sorry? Quite high up then. Halfway up. Yes. So, like, how high up are we talking? 90 degrees to the centre. Yeah, but how high? 90 degrees to the centre. And this is a. The diameter of this place is. Let me check. I know the exact diameter. Kilometres, right? It is kilometres, yeah. Okay, cool. I don't have a way to do that. (laughs) I don't think my belt is long enough. No, I don't think you've got a, like, kilometre long belt. However, what you do see is that the ship is wedged mm. right oh, over those spaces. No. Oh, and no. the, with the, the prow, so the front end, smashed into the ground a more manageable height. Got it. Look, there's a giant ramp. Yes, well, I f- yes, I found the entrance. It's up there. <laughs> I guess we're going ship climbing? It's like a stairs, but made of ship. <laughs> 
Right. Very little good comes from going and a mod of hardware, but okay. We could go on the outside, and then we haven't technically gone in there, ship. We're just right. walking around on the hull. You make a good point, to be fair. It looks very slippery, but still. Okay, we'll be fine. Can we make our way back from where we are now to the... Oh, God, we've got to go back. You don't have to go via the same route. You can skirt round. Let's skirt, yes. We want to go to where the ship hits the ground, basically. We've got to go back. Back to the frigate. Back to the... As you skirt round... Um, first of all, so we've come to the end of this. This will be your last pass of that chase roll, basically, cool. and it'll probably get you past those people, I'm but it won't. Cast it again. <laughs> Unless you cast it again, yeah. Sure, I'm not going to. Um, so give me one last party stealth check. Come on, roll well right, once right, right. in your uh, bloody life. I got a twenty-four. Twenty-two. Fifteen. You feel pretty confident. You've got the layout of this place as you're walking between these kind of scraps of metal, and it, it, it's eerie, right? Because not everything is dead. This isn't a graveyard. Some things are clearly still working. They're sort of whirring away. You can see some blinking lights occasionally in the murk. Um, but the whole sense of this thing is of a place that is just barely holding itself together. That at any point it might start to crumble. As you pass some of these machines, sparks flying, you get the sense that you're being watched. But it can't tell you anything more than that. You move on. You reach the place where you heard, uh, or you saw, the scavengers picking their way through um, this abandoned piece of building, uh, this abandoned room. As you pass it, uh, it's quiet. There's no noise coming from there now. Hmm. They're gone. Yeah, where have they gone? You um, move on. You don't have to move on if, if you no. want to. No, 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 we'll move no, on. All you see is the outside of this room, like the kind of metal surface, and you can yeah. see a couple of windows inside. There's just no one inside. We can look but in. But you're looking at it from a distance. But you're looking at it from a distance. You could go closer and look in. Would you like... Should we look in, Uriel? We could maybe see what they've taken. No, it's... It's, it's not going to help things. Let's just keep moving. You're sure. You push on towards the shattered bow of this dagger-like ship. As you walk, that sensation comes to you again of being watched. Can I look around and see if I can see anyone? So what exactly are you looking for? Someone watching us, hiding somewhere. Um, sure, roll a perception check. Is this an area that you're in? Bloody hell, I don't need to ask. Uh, you look around and you are... You are very sure that there is no one here. I don't, I don't think anyone is watching us. Is, it, is this an area that Uriel would know 
a defense grid or mm. some sort of surveillance. Um, roll a an Arcana check. Ooh. This isn't this isn't a place that you are familiar, familiar with, with, but you yeah. but you are aware of how the sh the station operates in general. Eight. Fucking D8. D20. You know, you know that. Because if you're rolling you know a D8. <laughs> Damn it, I can't roll higher than an eight. <laughs> <laughs> you know that there are. So there's, you know, security and there's, there's observation, but as to whether it exists or whether it's here or, you know, whether it could have survived the crash, you don't know. You push on. Um, I think the ship is uh, watching us. I hope it doesn't mind if we try and climb on top of it. <laughs> I don't think it really has preferences for those sort of things. It doesn't really concern itself with, you know, you know, big ships like this, they don't really concern themselves with squishy, you know, biological small things like us. So it's, oh. they're, 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 they're more interested in higher problems, you know? It's okay. also, it's a ship. Yeah, but it could be, like, looking. I feel like it's looking at me, okay? I, I know kind of what you mean. <laughs> Up we go! Yeah. You start to move, and the, the sides of Martin's Bay now start to curve upwards. And the incline increases, and the metal underneath your feet, in some parts, it's slick and smooth, and in other parts, it's clearly been penetrated, and it's uh, been smashed out, and there's various kind of lacerations to the inside of the hull. Can I... Um, can Uriel determine if, like... No, that's a stupid question. Ignore me. There are no stupid questions, Simon. Uh, <laughs> Just no, only stupid people, and I fully identify <laughs> as one of those. Uh, go ahead and ask it. Or no, no, I was going to ask if if this if if Euro could tell how the damage was inflicted. Like, was this something that was? You know, is it unidirectional, like the, the score patterns, or is it sort of chaotic and random, like it was rattling around inside? Great. Mm. Roll an investigation yeah, check. I, like I mean, that, and yeah. you are yeah, proficient in, in stonework, yeah. but metalwork, yeah, right? So, so with advantage. So, uh, oh, I'm proficient. See if you haven't if you haven't already got it added to it. Uh, okay. Oh no, I think I think stone scanning does give you advantage, though. I think it is advantage, uh, yeah. As a okay. but that's on history normally. But I don't know if you want to change it for this. So was it investigation I was doing? Uh, so is history an intelligence check? I think yeah, it, is. it is. So yeah, yeah that's okay. fine. Yeah. Uh, so that was that first roll. Yeah, I'm pretty certain this is right. So twenty three. Twenty three, right? From this, what you can absolutely see from the score patterning and from the uh, impact mark is that whatever made these holes in the hole it came from the inside it does not appear to be anything piercing from the, out in space into the ship mm. Mm. okay and one other thing while you're doing that and you're examining it as you get down to the level of the inside of the ship you turn your head slightly for a second and you see a face do I recognise the face? Mm, no. I mean, you recognise very few faces, and this isn't one of them. Okay. It's a buried body. Oh. Crushed in the wreckage. 
Oh, an actual face. Right. And you realise that you must have been walking over these as you came down. You push on. Yeah. Climbing higher and higher. And now you're fully in the shadow of this dagger-like ship that is suspended through the middle of the axle. But you can also see out. You're a little bit raised up now. You can see out over the uh, uh, the sort of dip, the valley of the bottom of Martin Spain. And it it looks very still, eerily still. Above you, you can see uh, the hull of the ship black uh, with the brushed black outside of the space going attack vessel but cut into the ship you can see that there's an access hole seems to have been done with a laser it's crudely cut it's not uh, meant to be there someone's already been here well we haven't got another option we're going to have to go in but these are going to be cramped do we have to go in we can't walk on the outside Well, on the top. my understanding, well, sorry, my mental, my theatre of the mind is that the outside is now too sheer, and this is like where the nose is broken off, we kind of have to go in. So that the way that it's been, uh, that it's lodged is that on the very underside is this hole cut in, but the ship, the outside of the ship isn't smooth. So in theory, you could climb your way around the top of this frigate ship to the top of the ship if you wanted to try that. Did that... Is it clear? How is it clear the setup? Not at all. I'm really so so confused. I'm so sorry, and I don't know if it's because I stopped listening at one point. <laughs> no, no, no. I don't think I, I did. Know. But I, I suddenly was I like, know. I didn't think we. I thought we were on the ship, and then there was a body that was under sorry, the ship. You or you have you have been walking um up the side of Martin's Bay, up the side of to get to the, the inside nose. of Martin's I Bay. I got you. That's where okay. the body was. That's where the the score marks were that you were always investigating. That, okay, that makes so much more sense. Great. When Excellent. you reach the bottom of the ship. There is a hole cut in the bottom. Yeah. But you could also try and climb your way up the outside. So we can of the either go up into the ship through the hole or we can go up the outside of the ship to get up to the bit through the door. The big, big, big door. I think uh, I get Yes. It. Yeah. Okay. 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 Did those people, you know, when we snuck past those people and they said, oh, I want to go home, did they say, we're going to have to look in right. the ship and then go home? Are they, they still in there? Are they in there? Let's not. I feel like they might be in the ship. Maybe we should wait for them to go. Like we'll just wait and then they'll go home. Like they. We've waited them. long. Sorry. We've waited long enough. Okay. We've got to get to whoever's left and try and help them. Okay. Which way would you like to go, Yuri? Our problem is that there's not many of us and there's lots of other people, but. If you're on an Alliance ship, an Armada ship, they're pretty cramped. That's not going to count for much of a disadvantage. We can probably, three of us, make it through and just punch through anything that's in the way. Okay. I think we just go straight through the ship. Sounds good. Okay. Can we easily reach to the hole or do we need to, like, boost people again? You can easily get in through the hole. Clearly someone's made it to get easy access. Cool. You all pull your way up into the ship <clears throat> now suddenly whereas before it was a huge open space cavernous now things are much tighter you can see that this ship is built simply for war 
it has very specific places. There's very specific things. It's like the inside of a submarine, almost one corridor, which seems to go all the way down and disappear into the blackness. There's the metal uh, grating underneath your feet clanks as you walk, um, and you can smell both the burning of rubber around electrical cables, but also the, an exotic fragrance of smells almost like citrus fruit. Um, but Uriel, you would know that that is coming from the fuel leakage of the kind of fuel that powers Armada ships, certainly at this size. There is one way to go. This corridor. Right. Oh, what was that? Sorry? We sneak. Is your, is your shield oh. still over us? Uh, it's it's not, but I, I can do it again. It's just, it's very small, and I'm not sure yeah, there's, okay, it will help there's very no much. To go. You're right. Okay, let's, let's save just it. go. Yeah, save it. Maybe so are you stealthy? No, I think stealth. we'll stealth, we but we, I won't do pass without a trace. And what's your order, yeah? So the, the, what you're on is basically a walkway, almost. You could just about get two abreast, but it would be easier to, to walk one by I'll one. I'll go first. Uh, maybe I should go first. I might have a bit more of an idea of what we're looking at. Okay. It, there's only really one way to go, and I'm worried about you, Yuri. I'd rather see anything that we're going to see first. Okay. Go at the back. I'll go at the back. You go in the middle, Snuggers. I'll go in the middle. Squishy Everybody roll me. You stay here. Safe, safe, safe in the me. middle. <laughs> A stealth check. Oh, I should have cast it again. Watch this. Not bad. <laughs> okay. Shit. I just dropped I my have dice. rolled the last two stealth checks, so that's without passing that trace. I can... Uh, Add. Add. Do I have to do it? Hang on. Don't say your number yet. You can use. I'm going to use my reaction to add a d6 to Uriel's roll. That's a reaction. Yeah, it's my cosmic omen, circle of stars, druid. So I can add d6. You can add a d6 to that. Thanks. Oh, did it not help? <laughs> okay. Well, I tried. Uh. No, 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 no. I'm very happy. Very grateful. I got a 13. I got a 14. <laughs> I'm in the middle and I got a 19. There's two people in there with a weird gap. <laughs> <laughs> my beer nearly came out my nose. Or just, <laughs> or just two people. as you no, there's a weird gap. Like... It looks like there should be three. There's like, gap. It's like two people that don't like each other. Oversized <laughs> gap. Um, okay, just give me one second. Cosmic Omen is really cool. Basically, I roll a, I roll a yeah. dice when I finish every long rest. If I get yeah. an even number, I get three uses of adding a d6 to someone else's roll. Oh. If I roll an odd number, I get that three cool. uses of taking away a d6 from someone's roll. Oh, that's very good. So, you pace down this corridor. Um, as you're moving, uh, Uriel, in front of you, you see shadows moving purposefully around the gangplank, um, around this, this walkway. Um, as you get closer and closer, you can see that they're not the same people as you saw before, but they seem to be doing a similar thing. Their voices start to come echoing down the corridor. Yeah, we're gonna need to get this, otherwise, how else are we going to show that we've even got any, we've come this far, we've got to get it. But look, I, 
I know what we need to get. It's not difficult for me to understand that, but it's your job to actually get the thing out without an on and on this conversation goes. You realize they've not seen you yet. As you approach them, you can see the figures spread out around uh, this walkway, basically trying to tear bits off the inside. It looks to you like um, a similar makeup to the last time you have, uh, but there's fewer of them now. So um, you can see four figures, one of whom is standing, looks like they're trying to keep watch, um, and the other three are working on the inside of the ship. You feel like they've not seen you. Take your lead, Uriel. Is, is there any way to get past these without engaging with them? Nicely. Uh, what what would you like to try? Well, I mean, so this is a narrow corridor that we're in the ship, and it's there's one sort of, and is that like, there's like a little room or sort of like a widening that there are multiple people in. So this is, if you imagine the inside of a submarine, mm. um, all the walls are covered in things that you could interact with. Um, you are on a metal walkway. Underneath that walkway, there's also space. So it looks like there could be space enough to move through that as well. Um, but then there is... You haven't investigated trying to leave this walkway. There might be more of the ship to go to. But uh, you've not seen evidence of that. You've not really looked for it. Is that what you wanted to... And they are spread out along the walls, trying to tear bits off the walls. Right, okay. Um... But they're clumped. Oh, Euro wants to kick the shit out of these guys, but it, he also doesn't want to get delayed. Um, can I investigate to see, sort of, you know, look to see if there is an alternative route, like um, like other walkways? Uh, absolutely. As you just just know that um, taking time to do these things may yeah. mean that you know there's more time to see you guys. Um, yeah, that is yes, that is what Euro would do. So, okay, roll an investigation check. Look. Oh no, it's a one, okay. wasn't it? That's a seven. Okay. <laughs> Somehow seven. more insulting. If it was a one, at least it'd be funny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Seven. Seven. So, Are you sure you're not a D8? <laughs> Do check. Here's an important thing I was about to, to say right. it's like I cut corners, but if I cut corners off a D8, I'd end up with a D12. You haven't been rolling a D12. <laughs> yeah. No, no, it's it's the big one. Yeah, it's... okay. Uh... With a seven, you don't you don't see any kind of uh, elegant way round, but you do see the obvious thing. And what's obvious is that there are massive holes gouged in, out of the hull of this ship. So, from those holes, you could reach the outside of the ship. No. Have we considered right. just running past them really quickly? <laughs> just pelt it. What do you think, Uriel? Oh, I've just seen what that stat is. Maybe that's a bad idea. Yura wouldn't know what his stat is. No. Um... Right, okay. Uriel is obviously not in a great place right now. Mm -hmm. Wants to... Oh boy. Got his wants... friends with him. Wants to 
move towards where his um his brothers and sisters are and doesn't want to dilly dally any longer or take any shortcuts it doesn't want to get delayed either so i think he's gonna walk up behind the one that hasn't spotted them yet and say get out of my way in the time that it has taken you to make this decision as you walk up to them they seem to hear something they hear your footsteps they turn they look at you you haven't caught them off guard but you are next to them roll an intimidation check is anybody does anybody want to get in on this or are you we leaving it as is i think i don't think we'd no exactly what he was doing i'll stand behind him but not in a i will lean out of the way (laughs) (laughs) well with that that addition that's a 13. (laughs) 13. you see him flinch and then hey hey Hey, we have someone here. We have someone here. Everybody roll initiative. Yeah. I should have done something. I should have done the thing I was going to do and I didn't. I chickened out. Oh, that's shite initiative. Oh, that no. is shite. I got a three. I got the seven. Uh, give me one second. Um, so. This is where we have a battle. You're real? And it is a straight line. Um, <laughs> it is a straight <laughs> 17. Uh, Tenebris. Seven. Infinity. Three. I wonder what a Strictly Come Dancing RPG would even look like. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, hang on. A lot of dexterity rolls. Roll for costume. Costume malfunctions. <laughs> yes! Oh my god, this should totally be like yeah. a one-page one-shot. I yeah, totally yeah. want this. Got got Len being like, so Roll for Bruce. Oh, Brucey. Right, so... Dancing the cha-cha-cha, Matt Baker. <laughs> a little callback there to one of our one-shots. This is the battle map. Think about... In front of you, there's one person on this walkway, Uriel. Um, Uriel, you've walked forward, so you are standing right in front of that person. Ten feet behind that is Tenebris, and right behind that is Infinity. You can all see, you all have line of sight. Um, just behind, so five feet behind this person standing in the on the walkway, three other people are working on the walls. So to get from the wall to the walkway, is not difficult, it's about five feet. They are all within 10 feet of you, Uriel. So this is a mob clustered basically in front of you. Right. Four of them total, right? Yes, five, four of them total. Four, yeah. um, How tough do they look? Can I just get a sense of, are we dealing with really seasoned looters here? Or are these just like people straight out of It's school? pretty dark, but... Um, Abandoned spaceship. Uh, you get... Uh, a sense that from um, from their clothes they look like they're kitted out these people haven't just turned up off the streets to see what they can grab like they came prepared they came correct the first thing that happens Uriel um, after you say that 
<laughs> One of them grabs a book. Nerd. Nerd. <laughs> um, is a shape to the left of you swings out. Um, and that's a. Last time we were in combat. It's been a while. We had the whole bit when we were pushing the crate. Oh uh, no! It would have been on oh, the um. True, yes. Yeah, it was on. It was pushing the crate. Yeah, but that that I wasn't, wasn't really. like combat combat. It's been it a really good. long time. Good, yeah, That's it was. Yeah. Twenty-one to hit. Oh, that hits. Oh, you're beefy uh, boy now, and right? And then I'm beefier. You're beefy boy. Beefy um, boy. And you take five points of damage five. as um what feels like a pneumatic piston from uh the top of this figure's arm connects with the side of your shoulder and knocks you backwards. Um, then the figure jumps down in front of you and again it's going to roll a ooh, that's an 18. That also hit. hits. And let's just do the other one and a nat 20. Ooh, um, so the piston okay, catches okay. you in the arm and then you see as the whole uh, their other um, their other forearm the whole side uh, the blade of that forearm starts revving up and it's uh, a chain saw arm essentially That's that comes awesome slashing. And this is shit okay slashing at you from the other side and then you take uh another five points of damage and then yep ooh, uh another 15 points of damage on the crit oof you're right you're right you're right everyone's in front of me now at least right uh, well, that person is him. So there's two people in front of you now, right in front of you, and then the other two are still have yet to do anything. But they're still like in a direction. Yeah, they're with. They're all. You they're can not, reach. Not, no them, one's right? going to jump at me from the side anymore. Is what I mean. Um, well, there's two people who are still on the side, so they could jump at you from the side. There's two people stood in front of you. Does that make sense? Right. Okay. Yeah. Sure. There's two people on the walkway. Two people on the wall. Okay. Um, so Uriel, now it's your turn. Okay. So uh, for I'm going to take the attack action and do so I get two attacks per action now because I'm a big boy. Yeah, you are. Um, and this is an arm strike. Um, so the person who's, there's weapons, a person who's stopped to you and the person who was stood there already. Uh, I mean, the immediate reaction is to be the person who attacked me with a chainsaw. I'm going to I'm going to try and hit. So two attacks. Remember, and... one of them is your monk weapon. Not so. Previously, my... Uh, yeah, no, it's, it's just D6, right? Uh, so the first one... But still, even though you're level 7? I don't I know. I think my unarmed strike was gone up, isn't it? Well, it's 1D6 plus 3. No, no, but that wouldn't be the bit that went up. It would be the, the dice, potentially, with your monk level increasing. I'm not sure. I'm not good at monks, I'm afraid. Um, well... Did you build it on D&D &D Beyond? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm okay, it'll be it'll be right on D and D Beyond as long as you've got a monk weapon equipped. Well, we're so we're counting hands. my hand. It is D six. It is a D six. Yeah. Right. Cool. So that's a nineteen to hit. That just seems low on your monk. Oh, weapon baby, that hits. Uh, so that's one D six plus three for the first one. Four. Uh, Excellent. And then the second attack. It's a ten to hit. Uh, that does not hit. So you. And oh yes. He's 
Yuril is is gonna. There's like a something slightly cracks, and he's just gonna like through gritted teeth be like, "Get off my home," and cast searing arc strike. Ooh. Um, What's so I that? Two key points to cast burning hands as oh, a bonus fuck. action. Burning hands. Um, what does that do? And what uh, does it look like, more importantly? So I spend two key points. Oh, oh, actually, no, because I, ha- I did have an extra one, so I've now got six key points left. Um, so Burning Hands is uh, a range of 15 feet. Uh, basically, okay. in Uriel's case, uh, an arc of electricity, sort of like a um, Jacob's Ladder, sparks between his fingers and shoots out in front of him in a cone. Um, Excellent. That catches three. everyone. Yeah, and... Seeing as I was going to spend it anyway, I will spend another key point to add another d6 to the damage. So, uh... Every month, let's go. I'm going to get this done quick. I'm going to take it out, guys. Take this out. So that's, I believe, is 4d6 damage. Um, but uh, So I have a... Right, I've not actually cast a spell with Uriel before. So do I need to roll to hit with this? Uh, with this uh, one... No, they make dexterity saves. saves? They get right. saves, yeah. One sec. Uh, I will need to get some more d6s. Hang on. Um, so, what's so your, is... do you know what your save is? Uh, Dex of uh, 13. So, Ali, right. you, ro- you roll the saves. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Was there something extra to do with that? And this is my bonus action, just in case I wasn't clear. Mm-hmm. Nice. Better now. Does it automatically cast at first level? Uh, so I've I've spent a key point to increase the spell's level. Oh, I see. So you've increased it to level two. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. What have we got? How much? Uh, oh, so I have to do I have to do roll. my damage first. They're going right? to take at least yeah, roll, half. Roll your yeah, damage. So, yeah. Right. So the first guy. T- The first guy takes 10 points of damage. They, that was the one that I'd six. already hit. They, they all take the same amount, so it will all Oh, be. is it not just, roll per person? You roll, right. you roll one. No, 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 no. Just roll 4d6. So do it now. Yeah, Let's scratch everything else. Okay. Uh, so they all fail their deck saves. What does this What does this look like? What does it sound like? So he's kind of... Yuriel's done like a one-two combo with the two hands. So like, pang, pang... And then, as he sort of said, get off, get out of my home. Just put his two hands together and there's like an arc that builds between his fingers and just pushes it towards them. And there's like a a burst of plasma that drains some of his internal battery and then just pushes through the group that's in front of him. One of them on the side instantly just fizzles up and burns completely, just a black splodge melted against the side. The one behind you, the person who saw you, falls to the floor and pulls himself back up, but they look bad. The other one, hanging onto the wall, again, looks in terrible shape, but they're still just hanging on. The person who punched you in the face and then tried to cut you in half, watches you. As the, the pulse passes through them, they don't seem to be 
massively upset by it. And now we come to the two still on the wall. Deeply, deeply hurt. <sighs> Panting. They turn to look at you, Uriel. They turn to look at you, Tenebrius, and you, Infinity. And then one of them is going to try and run past you, Uriel, to get to you, Tenebris. So that will trigger an attack of opportunity if you have your reaction. Uh, I haven't used a reaction, right? Yeah, I just it, used the bonus you... action. Yeah. Uh, do I roll two attack dice? No, nope. it's just, just, just one. It's just the one, because that's just for... Maybe so it's only on your away. turn. Maybe they decided to leave. Maybe they're surrendering. They're definitely not. <laughs> uh, that's a 15 to hit. Uh, yep, that hits. Roll damage. Let's use a different... Actually, all of these d6s are failing me. Uh, right. Uh, that's eight points of damage. <laughs> Instant snap reflex. You hit... The neck goes... They fall to the floor. The other one looking at what's just happened, reaches for their waist and pulls out a long, thin, mean-looking rifle. <laughs> Cock it, aim it at you, Tenebris. And then... <laughs> what did Tenebris do? <laughs> I swear to God. Had less hit points that, is what they did. <laughs> that is a uh, 19 plus numbers to hit. Is that will that do She's it? She's nodding. Yeah. 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 Sorry, I will be loud. Podcast. <laughs> um. And so, you take three points of damage as. I've got that. A, a bolt of molten metal goes Ow! straight through uh, your thigh uh, and right out the other side, leaving a kind of singed hole in your leg. Um, and now, Tenebris, it's your turn. It's going to be nice, but I'm not... Oh, I really want it to be nice. I really want it to be nice. I so want it to be nice. Um, I am going to... Does the person who just shot me... Do they have a metal arm? Do they have any melee weapons? Uh, yeah, they look like they do. Um, did you take the same spell I did? I think you might have done. Oh, maybe. I'm gonna look well. It's thematic for me, right? I'm gonna yeah. look really mad at them and say, um, no, it's not the same. And say, okay, you're with us now. And I'm going to ask them to take wisdom saving throw. Amazing. They roll a natural three. Okay. Um, I should have gone for the other one because it has just been their go, but it's more poetic to go for them. More poetic, them. yeah. Mm. Um, okay, they are charmed by me, and they they work for freaking me now, okay? They are going to attack their own friend when it's next their turn. What is their what spell is that? Crown of Madness. Oh, concentration. Great spell. They're charmed by me for a minute if I keep concentration. Um, it's vis visible on them that they're charmed and um, they have to use their action before moving on each of its turns to make a melee attack against a creature that I can choose. Um, Dope. Yeah. You do this and as it's happening you feel the headache. You know when you wake up without a headache and you've had a headache for like days and days and it's suddenly clean? It's like a bright, clean, clear sensation and it's like you can see better? That is the sensation which floods through your mind. 
the anger, the fear that you've been feeling is suddenly erased for a second as you feel the awesome power of you and the colony working together. I feel like I'm reaching out, gripping their head, and I'm just going to hold my hand there, and they're just kind of, like, stuck, like... As this is happening, you can feel, and it's not your hands that are feeling this, but it's the broader sensation that you have. You can feel yourself clamping down on the brain of this person, and you can feel that brain starting to slowly give beneath the pressure of the force you are applying to it. Infinity, Mm. it's your turn. Can I do one more thing? Can I just telepathically speak to the other person um, who was... This is a bonus um, action. Yeah, bonus action telepathy, and just say... You should have got out of their way. Make an intimidation roll. It's too late now, motherfuckers. Guess who's dying? Yeah, not, 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 not very much. Um, oh, wait. Well, I'm really intimidating. Yeah, Chariz- I realize Charisma girl. My modifier is minus quite a bit. 15. Mine's a minus yeah. two for intimidation, which is quite funny that Infinity and Uriel are the minus intimidation ones. Yeah. And the little. The you little see, you see. Like, <laughs> chainsaw arm. Um, check themselves for a second uh, as if trying to calculate what's going on um infinity yes hello i'm infinite sky 6000 <laughs> and uh immediately i'm gonna throw what looks like a little drone comes out of her palm and like goes into the... who's left how many are left there is uh one person who uh is um, looking oh, in a serious bad shape and has got kind of swivel eyes at the moment and then another person who has stood directly in front of you still like a pillar of strength sorry in which case i'm not going to do that i'm going to bonus action go into use one of my wild shapes to go into my archer form so all the stars like change and like coalesce um and just immediately throw like a bolt of radiant damage towards them um as it like towards all the power you. builds they're the one that's like uh in front of uriel chainsaw arm okay. the one that's not gone squiggly uh if that makes sense and i make a ranged spell attack but what do i add to that where is it gone oh oh a lot uh it that is a 22 to hit uh that does hit and then it's a 1d8 i haven't done this for so long <laughs> I think the last time I did... d t doesn't have to be about combat, everyone. Uh, <laughs> nine points of damage. Nine points of damage. <laughs> That's my Sinters bonus away part of their action. For my action. Yes, it what is. What shall we do They're staggered. today? Do they look hurt? Uh, they are starting to show a bit of damage, yes. You can see that the kind of the body armor that they're wearing has been largely melted I off. I can cast a spell, because that wasn't a spell. <laughs> Um, that was just a thing. Sorry, I was going to do something else, but then I realised there's only one of them that's not worth doing. You know what? It is worth doing. I am going to do it. I'm going to cast Wither and Bloom. I'm sorry if this breaks your spell, Tenebris. Um, I'm going to send a little drone out into the centre that then kind of, like, sends out these little, like, wires that, like, plug into the necks of the two baddies and, like, drain their life force. And at the same time, another wire comes out and hits Uriel, and so they take, they make constitution saving throws. Uriel, you can spend one of your hit dice and add plus five plus a d4 that I roll. Add, you can add plus nine to one of your hit dice and get those hit points back. And they Jeez. take lots of damage. Uh, 
That's a four, a four for the big dude and a 18 for the little. 18 so succeeds. So he takes, oh, I rolled really badly. Um, so the one that didn't succeed takes six points of damage. The one who did succeed takes three. Uh, how um, do I know what my hit dice is? Is it my d6 from previously? It's what you roll to level up. I think you're a d8. Oh, so that one. When you take a short rest, my... it'll say, if you click short rest, don't press any of the other buttons, it'll say like a d8 or like a hit die. Oh, yeah, d8. Yeah, yeah so, so roll a d8 and add d8 nine. d8 plus nine. Yeah. Um, you get that. The person, under the, the, the person under the influence of Shamanese power just crumples. All the life energy is sucked out of them. They're Sorry, Tenebris. Um, the large person standing in front of you, Uriel. He checks, he looks, and Infinity, I want you to roll an Intimidation check. Oh, okay. Oh, I haven't got good Intimidation. Oh, yeah. no, no, no. Yeah. Ball. <laughs> I know I just electrocuted your friend to death, but please go away. Please leave now. Uh, what was it? Sorry? Four. Total. Uh, <laughs> he looks down. Um, readies himself he's gonna fight on okay we go to the top uh and he's gonna roll to hit you again uriel that's uh 16 17 and a 17. yeah all three hit all right um again with the piston and then cutting across you um he does four plus uh eight so twelve Plus five, 17 points of damage. Just as we got that here. <laughs> Ouch. Um, I was, hang on, so that was 10, I was originally there, 17 points of damage. Yeah. Right. Okay. How are you looking? Um, about half as good as I was when I started the fight. <laughs> okay, that's not so good. Okay, um, and now, Uriel, it's your turn. Um, oh, yeah. So. Um, is Flurry of Blows one key point and you just attack with another attack dice? Is that basically So you do right? your normal attack and then Flurry of Blows is your bonus action and you get to do another... You get another two. Another two, I think, yeah. Right, well, let's look, so, I mean, obviously, you're absolutely going to try and slap the shit out of this. So you'll guy. get, if you, were, if you were to do it, you would get four punches, basically. Yeah. Well, you don't you have to declare attack. it. I do the act, yeah. attack action first. Yeah. Yeah. So you're able to attack the person in front. Yeah, with the arm. That is a nat 20 to hit. There it is. Get him out, yeah. Uh, that, so that's that's one attack. What's the next one? Let's do them all at once. Uh-huh. Uh, that's an eleven to hit. Okay, so the first one hits, and then are you okay? Uh, so roll the damage on the nat twenty. Is that <coughs> two of my attack dice, or do I just double it? Uh, just double it. Okay. Uh, double it plus modifier, or hit double roll. it then add the modifier. Right. Uh, that is eleven points of damage. <laughs> Uh, the cock punch, your signature move. Um, <laughs> Never fails. They don't look good on it. They are starting to look. Uh, you can see them just scanning for the exits, but they don't really have anywhere to move yet, and they're still not down. There's still some fight left in them. Um, bloodied but not bowed. Yeah, I'll spend two. I'll spend another key point then. Let's just put this guy on the ground. Specifically, I want a headbutt him. Yeah. Oh, Taste two the more attacks. I'm gonna grab him with, with with the metallic. I've punched him twice with the metallic hand. Grab him with the non-metallic hand and just headbutt him. Yeah. Um. Right. So two attacks. Again. I love to see it. 
Uh, that is a 21. And yep. Uh, uh, that one. So, okay. uh, which one hits? Uh, the first one. Uh, what do you and mean? then you try and headbutt him and you completely miss him. <laughs> I like to imagine that I headbutt him twice. The first one, I just hurt myself. Like, <laughs> ah! <laughs> do it again. <laughs> and I do. Oh. Uh, okay, more oh! damage. Jesus. Four points of damage. Four points of damage. It's looking bad now. Um, looking around, there's no one to help him out now. Tenebris, we come to you again. I am very cross. Um, I am going to. Um, I am going to just ha having sort of. Oh. <laughs> oh, I'm still well, here. that's nice. You look rather <laughs> oh, different yeah. now, Tenebris. You oh, suddenly oh, look yes. like Infinity. Oh, have we all gone in star order now. Sorry. Uh, it's fine. Sorry about that. I don't know. Things get confusing clicked. in combat. Yeah, I clicked. Let's just keep going. <laughs> I. Take my hand that was was out. I hesitated as. Sorry, Bates. Can you mime like talking whilst we do this? So we, um, yeah. So go 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 for it, Tenebris. And then I swipe across with my hand, um, like swiping across the other guy, and I'm gonna cast Tasha's mind whip. And I would like them to make a intelligence saving throw. Whoa. Fantastic. I don't think anyone knows that was flawless for me. That I think. Yeah. <laughs> that was really good. I'm sorry that I killed the guy you were controlling. Great, okay. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to roll a little bit of little damage here for you. Just a little, little, just just a little. little, little, little nice little bit of damage. Oh, that was uh, eight damage. Uh, good. And on this person's next turn, they can either move, action, or bonus action. Oh, Not nice. Only one. Uh, they right. can't reactions this round. Um, they are looking rough now. Bleeding, part of their face is partially burnt for you from your plasma rays, and they're starting to look uh, unsure, sh shivering almost in their, uh, in the, the remains of their armor. Infinity, we come to you. Yeah, I'll whip another bit of energy at them. Um, oh a natural twenty. Oh my days. Uh, so uh, that's doubled. The five is ten plus five is fifteen points of damage. And with that, <laughs> their head just explodes. <laughs> I'll go. Sorry, Uriel. I was going to. I was going to let you do it, but um, sorry, I got. I just turn around slowly, with, like my face covered in this blood. Like. Sorry. It's all right. Are you? Okay. Let's just get moving, shall we? Should we quickly check them and just see, like, whether they, what they're here for? We will pick up <laughs> on that deeply important question next time, as splattered with blood. Nothing remains, <laughs> and you are left in the dank, dark hold of Martin Spain. <gasps> Woo! Okay. <laughs> well done, guys. We're doing it's a dungeon. There's combat. A dungeon. It's a dungeon. This is exciting. Yep. You found a dungeon. found a dungeon. We have a dungeon. If there is a dragon in here. No. <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, oh, that was so we good. We got better at combat. Today. We are. We're at level seven. Level seven. seven. The it's last much time better we were level three. Fighting than level three. Um, because we're overrunning a bit, uh, I'm gonna I keep it really, really. Um, I'm delighted that they were in a nice, neat configuration for um, <laughs> burning hands. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Very good. Yeah. Right. We're gonna wrap up very, very quickly. There's some very important things you should know, which is where to find us on social media so you can follow us. Um, if where? You our new Twitch channel. <laughs> Thank you so much. We are twitch.tv/rpgeeksdnd. 
Oh, yeah, sorry. And it's a new Twitch channel, so we kind of need all the help we can get. Um, we're making we're trying to be affiliates, which is a thing that apparently you ought to be. Um, it means you can subscribe more. to us. You can. Uh, yes. Oh, yes. You have to follow. You have to click follow, and there's a little heart. And if you unfollow us, I think it breaks the heart. Sure, but like... no. But, but don't do. But then don't once we're that. affiliates, <laughs> you can. You can oh, then you can subscribe. Yeah. Okay, but right and now then you get follow us. Yes, uh, we are also at RPGeeksDnd on various other social media platforms, That's including true. Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter, yes. and YouTube. Yeah, uh, we also have uh, various podcast outlets, so mm -hmm. you can catch up on this show if you're not already on YouTube or podcast. And oh boy, do we have merch now? <laughs> yeah, we do. <laughs> RPGeeks.tmail.com. It's exciting. We haven't got any yet because. I haven't put the order right through, but um, <laughs> that's my bad. And but it's very exciting. Some people do have things already, so don't be left out. Go to rpgeeks.tmill.com, get your shirt. You can get you can get your favorite character on a shirt. I am planning on making a Fate Weaver shirt at some point, so Ali oh, gets a, 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 nice. a shirt yeah. because at the moment I he doesn't have that. one. He doesn't have one. So um, we'll, we'll ask Andy. He's probably in chat. How much he likes his T-shirt, unless he's on a date, which seems to happen a lot. And if but you're watching if... on the podcast or YouTube and have no idea who Andy is, come join us on Twitch because you might not know. But uh, he's, he's there. Do and you, see him? you can also have chats to us and Andy, who's now apparently the fifth member of the RPG. <laughs> uh, on my Discord, there is an RPG Geeks discussion uh, channel to chatting yeah, about what's been happening in the latest episode. So do yeah. check that out as well. If you do, um, you can find my Discord if you go on uh, my social media. There'll be links to it. Oh gosh, that's confusing now, isn't it? We should get a link to your Discord I'm on our stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, we'll work it out. We'll be fine. Okay. Also, come Thanks. see us at New Scientist Live. We oh, are um, yeah. we are at New Scientist Live. The oh, early nice. bird is still going. I think we've extended it for another October. week um, till oh, the nice. end or till like the twenty uh, fifth of September. So you can get early bird tickets. They're cheaper. You can get full access to the weekend, which means you can also see Simon talking on the Saturday and talking to me on the Saturday. We're doing a little extra Q&A in the middle of the floor. It'd be great fun. And then on the Sunday at 4 p.m., RP Geeks are the final show of the entire event. With a headline um, act. Everything headline else was a build. We are. Everything how else. That's how it works. Pitching that, and yeah. uh, it'll system. be interactive. We'll be playing our wonderful game that invented by Shamani Bundell herself. New oh, jeans, oh, please. Nice, yeah. um, along with sort of We Helps, as did uh, Dr. Khalil Burlowy. Yeah. Here we look. And, I got some I got these this oh, week. Oh, the foot showing. We're showing we're feet. Just, we're not no, showing feet because we're still doing the podcast. We're feet. No, I got, I got some Save jeans. Save this for Twitch. We all got to see <laughs> Simon's jeans, everyone. They were new. They were lovely. They were great. We a little it. bit of ankle there as well. Hello. It's like an oh, Amish porno. <laughs> uh, but go to live.newscientist.com. Live.newscientist.com. Live no. Bad. Thank you so much for joining us. Tell all your friends. Please, please tell your friends. And we'll see you next week, next next Monday. Please see you on Mondays. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. <laughs>